Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Day Spring and Scott Free. Xavier is dead. Apocalypse reigns. This is the age of apocalypse. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Power of X-Men Apocalypse, where we read each and every issue of the epic 90s X-Men story, Age of Apocalypse. And I am Apocalypse's fifth horseman hungover, Mr. Scott Free. (laughs) And I am the phoenix rising from the ashes after having an all-night bender in Florida, and I've woken up in a Hilton instead of the White Hot Room. Dayspring, folks at home, like, we agreed that we were going to be doing funny intros, (laughs) and we should have one prepared. And of course, because Scott is so witty, he has, like, a zillion already drafted, and I had, like, one. Witty, obsessive compulsive. I mean, it's it's all good. Oh my god, are you obsessive compulsive? I don't think I know that about you. Yeah, with with <laughs> my 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 toys arranged on the bookshelf behind me. Um, I've missed your face. How are you doing? Yeah, you know, like um, I'm surviving. We're it's it's what is it's it's Super Bowl Sunday here. Um, I I. Sports. Someone at my gig last night was like, oh, it's Super Bowl Sunday tomorrow. I was like, it's a Super Bowl tomorrow? And they're like, who are you rooting for? I'm like, first of all, I didn't even know the Super Bowl was happening. And second of all, I don't even know who's playing. Right? Like, I I, I don't know. Um, I know it's not, like, either of the New York area teams because then there'd be, like, more shit going on right now. It's also the Winter Olympics, uh, which like checks off a lot of my boxes. It's like big angry men in spandex, just like shooting down. And it's just like, oh, oh, like I don't even know what this is. Like luge, skeleton, just like. Okay, but I also don't follow the Olympics. So I didn't even know that was happening right now. So I'm I'm just literally, but I do like angry men in spandex. Hence. We're we're, we're doing a whole podcast about the X-Men. That's like our whole thing. god that's true and yeah you know like just just surviving it's it's snowing because winter never ends um and yeah but we're we're discussing legion quest and in this episode with mr kyle thomas and his brother luke i unfortunately was not there for the interview with them because i'm a loser and had to work we were all disappointed and actually i don't think we we didn't tell kyle and luke until like an hour before and when I logged onto the Zoom and we we're getting ready, you can tell that Kyle was so sad that you weren't going to be on. I I was I was sad. Like I was, you know, I look forward to doing these interviews because after hearing myself speak, that's the best part of the whole experience. <laughs> but but uh, unfortunately, it was, it was a little bit of a work emergency, which I have to answer because work is what keeps me in action figures, and I gotta I gotta do it. <laughs> I I have to tell you, I think some of the, my favorite parts of the interviews we've been doing recently have been you. And there's this one part in the Leewald's interview, because it's we have it divided in two, because we did one man's worth for those of you at home, and the second part is going to be plain. But you were quiet for like just like a couple minutes in a certain segment in that first half. And someone literally commented on the YouTube page being like, why isn't Mr. Scott Free talking right now? 
And I was just like, oh my God, I have those Mr. Scott Free stands coming from my tracks because of the way we edited this episode. I'm like, I assure you, Mr. Scott Free has lots and lots to say. Most of those comments are from my burner accounts, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I missed you. It's been like a terrible couple months. So for you guys at home, like Scott and I, we recorded a couple episodes in advance, like um, towards like the end of the holiday slash early January. But then life has a way of like terrorizing us. So we actually, this is our first recording in like three, four weeks or something like that. And I think we should like, hit some news items the new wave of marvel legends stuff was up for pre-order which was big because you can get like you know maggot and vulcan and i'm like who, who's the guy that you can build um it's bone breaker bone breaker 90c lister bone breaker um with a little Dutch. like tank my God, such a fucking C-lister, but everyone wants him so badly. Siren, who like literally did not come with an alternate head and everyone wanted her to have like an alternate head. But Wolverine gets a fucking alternate head. Like what the fuck? And it's a Charles Soule Wolverine where his call, his claws are like burning. Yeah. I don't know if I told you the story, but Charles Soule was my author when I was at Harper. He wrote a book called The Oracle. And so when it came on submission, I did the first reading and like the first pass of edits on it before it was like officially acquired. I mean, don't get me wrong. He like ignored like any of the notes I gave and his ultimate, ultimately his editor was a senior editor called Sarah Nelson. But I was at a book expo party with Charles Soule and he was here like, yeah, let me, let me, let me tell you something. I'm going to bring back Wolverine. And when he comes back, his claws are going to be burning white hot. Doesn't that sound super cool? And literally, I'm like, this sounds like the worst idea ever. And I told him, I don't remember if Gene had come back at that point, but I was like, Gene needs a scene with Wolverine because now they're both alive. You have to make sure that happens because I think something was happening in X-Men Red. And they were running like a backstory and like Wolverine was kind of in the area wherever the X-Men Red arc was taking, but like they never had a proper reunion scene. Let it all (laughs) out. That's that's what we're here for. Um, I have literally been holding this in for four years. (laughs) That takes that that takes skill. I mean, like like the the hot claws, like with with respect, didn't didn't do it for me. Uh was not a fan of the hot claws. And and then adding to the indignity of only getting one head on Siren. Um, Why don't you have a screaming head for Siren? I don't understand that. And like, I'm looking at Megan, by the way, like everyone on the internet is so like, who's Megan? All this stuff. Like you would think it was fucking Micromax that was being like released right now when it's not, it's actually Megan who's like a nineties, early two thousands, Joe mad icon. Yeah. But um, he's like packed with so much accessories. And I'm like, why couldn't they just give Siren an alternate head? But you know who I'm so excited for, and I know, and I'm so proud because I want you to share the news is the Marvel Legends Vulcan. And, and yes. what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? I, I, I pre ordered it because, as the world's only Vulcan cosplayer, I have to acquire like the little bits of Vulcan merchandise that actually exists. And uh, I'm, I'm here for it. He's, he's got the, you know, the, the new was it's it's the new body like they're this is the first time they've changed up like the body in like 
a decade or whatever. He's, he's got the, the crazy eyes. It's great. It, it, it checks all my my Vulcan boxes. RIP uh, to that Bucky cap mold. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's been around since, like, what, the Winter Soldier? There are a lot of reviewers out there for MLs that, like, really dissect, like, the articulation and body molds. For me, it's always about the paint apps and, like, the head sculpt. So... I'm never like too like crazy about like the like the molds and stuff like that, but like I get it why other people are like it's time to move on because it has been like overused. And you know maybe one day in the future Siren will get an extra head and this unjust discrimination against the Irish people will. End. <laughs> um, the other one I really like in this wave too. It's just a sidebar is Sabretooth. And like, he's not like a character I typically like, but I think like the rendering of him and his like face sculpt looks really, really good. I'm but, here for it. I don't feel like we needed another Havoc, especially in the classic costume. I feel like that's just like overkill, but like, sure, like people are excited for it. But I, a long time ago, I don't know if you remember this, there was a Walmart exclusive wave for like the Toy Biz line back in like 2005. Yeah. It was like Giant Man series and you got like Astonishing Kitty Pride. You got Age of Apocalypse Sabretooth and they had a classic Havoc in there. And okay. I've always been satisfied with that figure. So, but like, sure, that's like at this point, like almost 15 years. So sure, update it. But yeah, I'm just really excited. When you told me that you pre-ordered the Wave, I was just really, or excuse me, pre-ordered Vulcan. I was just really excited. Me and the three other Vulcan stands were all like freaking out. It was good. <laughs> well, I love that you're the world's only Vulcan cosplayer. Like, I'm going to use that in marketing copy for us every time I send out like a press release or like yeah. an interview request. Like, it, you should be so lucky. It's it's the sad, crazy eyes we both have. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Mojo Deluxe figure. You know, I, I don't know how to, like, I, I am not a big Mojo fan. Uh, really i thought you yeah. would be no like like small small doses i think mojo works in small doses um when there's like huge like mojo arcs i'm not like a huge fan but like i i respect the character and like this this is this is exciting like you know getting like a big deluxe um you know mojo yeah, so Marvelous News is reporting that they have a rumor that we're going to get a deluxe Mojo figure a la the MODOK figure that was released. I was going to say earlier this year, but last year, I guess, where the price point is like $49.99. I, listen, I, I I still think the Toy Biz, you know, to piggyback on like my Toy Biz brand, I still think the Toy Biz one holds up, which funny enough, that came out when I was working at Marvel back in like 2006. And Sam Hatmaker, who was one of the designers at Toy Biz, actually came to my cubicle and dropped off the Build-A-Figure Mojo for me. So oh, I didn't wow. even have to go, like, hunt the figures and, like, get everything. But I was such a brat. Like, I was such a 22-year-old brat. I was like, ooh, do you have Psylocke and, like, Longshot as well? <laughs> so, like, this guy, like, gave me, like, the free, like, coveted, like, Build-A-Figure. And, like, the only thing I could say in return was the worst Psylocke. Did, did he just go like shut up twink and then walk away oh my god he didn't but like you can tell in his eyes he wanted to but he was being cordial because like where i sat was where next to or like the fabulous flow sat which was stanley's assistant back in the day oh. who's absolutely a lovely human being and 
you, you could just tell like when I said that, like he looked at her and then he looked at me and he goes, okay, I'll bring it later. He went like that. He like moved his hand like that. But you know, when you go like that, it's so sarcastic that like, he was like, fuck you. Exactly what you said. Fuck you, you dumb twink. But um, I'm excited for this. I hope we get a couple more accessories with it. Like I would like, I would love this to be paired with a long shot figure. And again, to Rand, I think the long shot Toy Biz one has aged really well, but I mean, like, what else are you going to do with Mojo? Like, Modoc, at least you have all these other accessories. Like, yeah. like Mojo's I, pretty straightforward. Give him give him a long shot. Give him a long shot. Um, just lead into the Mojoverse stuff. And boom. You know, te- teach a new generation of kids about long shot. I'm actually really shook right now that you're not a big Mojo stand. I actually thought when I saw this news item, and I was like, we should talk about it, that you were going to be like, I love Mojo. Just given like the meta textuality of his character and the fact that he was doing reality TV before reality TV was even like a thought in Andy Cohen's brain. I like it, it's fun. Like, I love like one of my favorite X series is like Ecstatics, which is like all about like fame and like trash TV and stuff. Um, but with like the Mojo stuff for me, it was always more. Like, there's all just, like, the weirdness with, like, long shot and, like, I just, I never really got into it until I was, like, older. So it doesn't have, like, the same sort of, like, impact for me where, like, and but now, like, going back, like, I can recognize, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, reality TV and, like, streaming and, like, crazy stuff back in the day. But, you know, it wasn't my cup of tea. I get it. I think it's also because it, Mojo was on like the animated series and I sort of just like loved his rendering there. I also loved yeah. Longshot in the animated series. Yeah. Like he was so like hot in it. Who's that cosplayer who does a wonderful Longshot? He's friends with Nerd Alert. Is it Ryan? Uh, uh, and- Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan. cosplay. Yeah. I love his like long shot. Like I would like I again give us a long shot figure with this Mojo Deluxe figure, and I'm here for it. Yeah, do it. Pull the trigger, Marvel. So yeah, uh, X Lives Wolverine and X Deaths of Wolverine by Benjamin Percy, where they're doing like a House of X, Powers of X sort of thing, where they they intertwine, connect. The first four issues of that, like X Lives one and two, X Deaths one and two, are out. Uh, picks up some threads from Inferno. Uh, I'm not sure how like I feel about it so far. Um, it's still early, but like I'm not entirely sold on the plot. I'm kind of, I've said this already, I'm kind of over the monthly books, or in this case, the weekly books. I don't know, like I'm not, it's no shade. Like I think the Krokoan age is fleshing out uh, the X-Men in a big way and then getting people really excited for it. So in that regard, like, I think it's wonderful. But, you know, I don't know, like we're kind of in like the interim between what was it, Reign of X and now Destiny of X. So we're getting this like crossover. But like when it's, you know, when it's picking up the threads from Inferno, the only thing I can think of is why wasn't this part of the Inferno story? Because it like directly picks up on it. And it has a lot more plot points in it than Inferno had. I still don't know why it was called Inferno as a sidebar. Like there wasn't even a spiritual Inferno, you know what I mean? Happening in it. You know, I think Moira having cancer 
you know, like seconds after she's human just seems super weird. And she gets diagnosed by Valkyrie, which I'm so glad it's a character like Valkyrie. And we all obviously know that the X-Men played a role in early on in the Valkyrie miniseries, the Jane Foster Valkyrie. Let me yeah. let me clarify where they were talking about death being threatened by the Krakoans. So like, that's like, I appreciate that. I appreciate them connecting the threads, but like, I don't know. I was just like, okay, so she, she has cancer. She's trying to get like human, uh, she's trying to get the mutant drugs that are supposed to help with that. And apparently there's like, you know, a reason why she can't get it. I'm like not remembering why, but um, it's fine. But like, I don't know. It doesn't excite me. Yeah. It, uh... I like it, it wasn't my favorite like X stuff to come out like recently. Um, the Sabretooth book dropped as well, um, which is really fun and interesting. And I didn't think I'd really enjoy like a Sabretooth book that much, all about like Sabretooth hallucinating down in like the hole in Krakoa. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and, and also Milgan and Aldred's uh, The Excellent, which picks up um, off of like ecstatics and stuff and is like interesting because it is the Krakoan age, but it's not set in Krakoa. There's really no mention of Krakoa and it picks up with a lot of like the weirdness with like, like dupe and zeitgeist and uh, no girl and dead girl and stuff. And it's like it, it, for me, it's very, like, nostalgic to, like, 2000s X-Men kind of weirdness. And that was such a great era. Like, I was looking at, like, I mean, listen, it, a great era, like, you know, in quotes. But it you had Ecstatic, you had Extreme, you had new X-Men. Like, the books were do, trying to do something extremely different at the time. And actually, yeah. another interview you couldn't make it to, the Ian Churchill one, we talk about yes. that era. And spoilers to those listening who will listen to it in the coming weeks, Ian Churchill was kind of turned off by what was going on in Uncanny X-Men at the time because it was Poptopia and he wanted to render more colorful, beautiful, you know, superhero costumes instead of like the daddy leather looks that the yeah. X-Men were having at the time, even though he designed some of them. So that's just like a sidebar. Um, oh, and one more thing I wanted to mention about 10 Lives and Death of Wolverine is that when they show Xavier's birth, they also show Cassandra's birth. Yes. And she's stillborn. So that picks up on something we were talking about with Jordan D. White last year, is that the X office was confused as to whether Cassandra Nova was really a mutant or was she the, I'm forgetting what it's called, the Momojari? Uh, the uh, Mumadri. Mumadri. The, the spiritual evil twin you encounter in your womb from New X-Men. Does that mean that she, you know, was more of a psychic being or what, did she actually have the X gene and would she be welcome on Krakoa? So it seems that her being born with a physical body, presumably having the X gene, makes her a mutant. And that's why we're going to be seeing her in Marauders yeah. on Krakoa. Tying together. Although, why would you invite Cassandra Nova onto Krakoa? She literally committed, like, the Genosha genocide. Like, I would just be like, hey, all mutants are welcome, except for you, because you're fucking Hitler. Get the fuck out of here. I, I mean, you know, the, the, you open up the, the can of worms, though, where it's, like, sinister. 
who was a Nazi, is on the council. <laughs> uh, Apocalypse, who's destroyed entire civilization, like he he brags early on about having caused the Bronze Age like collapse. Like there's there's bad like yeah she's she's done some bad shit. But if you start like <laughs> putting her away, you've got to get rid of like a lot of other mutants. I mean like Kurt Kurt's dad Azazel uh is on the island uh he's in some background shots and like, is he i've never known so they literally have like the devil i mean i devil. know he's not supposed to be the devil you know depending on the story he's in the devil yeah. the devil's literally in the background whatever it's like shit like this that i feel like the x office needs to like start figuring out the rules on but like fine sure like all mutants are welcome right now and cassandra nova who literally decimated 16 million mutants can be on there with but like i feel like my feels on sinister are pretty clear like i actually think it's insulting to the readers that sinister is on the council because it makes everyone else look like idiots like i think i truly do believe sinister at times has been pulling a fast one on people and i know in like the last issue emma of hellions emma was like we need to deal with sinister but i'm like this is like a little too late like i feel like he's legitimately got gotten away with some stuff and like Xavier and Magneto don't care, but I guess that's on brand for them. So, yeah, I mean that's 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 Chuck Chuck's whole thing <laughs> is like leaping forward without thinking about the consequences. Anything else you want to say on Excellent? No, yeah, I mean like I, I can go into a whole thing about how it ties into like some of the stuff from like Ecstatics, but yeah. um, I also is like go read it a lot of the iconic characters from earlier runs are in it um it plays fast and loose with like characters dying it'll be interesting to see if like that ties into like the krakoan age where now mutants can come back because like you know ecstatics characters were famous for just dying all the time and like the team literally starts because x factor is wiped out so they start and it's like just just give it a read uh, i'll have more thoughts when like issue two comes out um but yeah uh and and dm me your thoughts <laughs> god please blow up scott's dms especially with your wanda mcu like theories please yeah i love it <laughs> So X-Men number 40 by Fabian Nicieza and Adam Kubert. I have to tell you, this is such an iconic cover. I don't remember all my feels that are in the episode with Kyle and Luke. But I, one thing I don't know if I said was how iconic this cover is. Which folks at home, it's like the one where Legion is on like a wheelchair and he's on fire. And it's like burning the X-Men logo. And it's like a black background. I'm shocked this wasn't the first cover for chapter one yeah it, it's it's probably the most iconic cover image from legion quest like in the, and, and, and legion's like hunched over his arms are making like an x sort of and um it's it's really it is really iconic and it, it is like the cover art that i associate the most with legion and legion quest um it was surprising I never watched the Legion show on FX. I wonder if they ever did a homage to it in any of their promos or episodes. I I, I did a big fan of that show. I don't think they did a direct mm. homage to this. Was he's, Xavier he's a, in the show? Sorry, cut you off. No, um, not directly. 
there is a scene in the second season where a bunch of David's multiple personalities are in this like sort of classroom talking to each other. And one of them is like sketching out his backstory on a chalkboard and he draws like a guy in like a wheelchair who then just sort of like fucks off. And it's like, ah, it's it's Chuck. Okay. Yeah. So what did you think of this issue? This it's, it's an interesting issue. It's not like the most action packed issue it's a lot does a lot though to move the plot forward where like you see charles and magneto eric magnus whatever he's calling himself du jour like back in israel in i think it's supposed to be the seven sixties seventies uh it's hard with the sliding time scale but um post post world war ii and magneto's like a hunky hospital orderly uh... (laughs) yeah he's really hunky in it and one of the things that did irk me and i'll get into it in this episode was that like it just kind of picks up and it toggles between like the past and you know the quote-unquote present without actually saying that in its caption you know i think it does later on but like it takes a while for them to say that. So like when, what, what time does it take place? I don't know, but Xavier and Magneto literally look exactly the same. And I love how like it opens up with like Chuck in a wheelchair, but it's like, ha ha, actually I'm not, I can actually scan because this is in the past, even though I look exactly the same. And then Magneto's shadow like has like Magneto's helmet in the back. It's hysterical. It's, it's, it's very, it's very subtle. He's like, like originally in the next one started in the sixties, uh, Xavier was in Korea, the Korean war. And then he met Magneto after the Korean war, when he went to Israel to work at a, a hospital in Israel. And it's like, so they met originally in the fifties, but this is clearly not like the fifties because of the sliding time scale. So that's interesting. Um, and then, like, you know, he runs across Legion, who doesn't have his crazy hair in the past, because apparently time travel um, gives you a haircut. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, John Doe. But then, yeah, you smash cut back to, like, the present. And it's like, here's Rogue and Warren, and they're doing, like, X-Men stuff. So doing X-Men stuff, trying to rescue a Jean Grey who has fainted. Trying to rescue Jean Grey, trying to figure out like what happened to um, like the other X Men, and Warren's just like, "Oh no, Betsy can't be gone." Um, we finally found happiness. Which I love that journey for them because, like, they're really—it's a new romance. They're in that honeymoon phase. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. just like, "No, I don't want to lose her." Like, like she can't be time traveling back to the past. Like, I mean, if they were like in a 25 year marriage, they would just be like, eh, whatever, stuck in the past. She can stay there for a little bit. But like the fact that they were still in that honeymoon phase, like I appreciate that he's legit concerned because they had the great line in, um, in the earlier issues that we reviewed where he was here like, oh no, you're going to turn out to be the clone of someone and we're going to lose each other and you're, you're going to die and come back. But like now that Warren's like confronted with the actual situation, he's actually pretty upset about it. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I I I respect that. He's he's got this whole blue Fabio thing going on, and like he's he's oh my god, he's so hot. I'm showing Scott a photo of like a really hot panel. Like he's just like angry zaddy right there. 
with the metal wings. With the metal, <laughs> kinky. Um, kinky. Yeah, I mean, like it's a you know, I I really liked the issue when I dissected it with with Kyle and Luke. I think there is a sense of urgency in it. I think Lalandra at the end was a little over the top and like floral with her language. You know, I still like. I'm curious to see what's going to happen next because I, I mean, I've read Legion quest, but I don't remember what happens with all the watchers there at the end. Like I, I don't remember them ever playing a role in Legion quest. So I can't wait no. to see what, what what's going to happen next. Yeah. Like they, they show up to warn the Shi'ar and then I don't think they really do much. It's like, okay. <laughs> That's it. The only other thing I wanted to get your feels on was that I actually felt like when I read this issue that there was some subtext between Xavier and Magneto. Like, I think it was pretty obvious that they have a special friendship. You know what I mean? And this isn't an era where like Mystique and Destiny had the innuendos. And I wonder if like these were being planted for Xavier and Magneto because he like Xavier really cares for Magneto in this and it's it feels a little obvious and i believe we get into it with kyle and luke but like it's like i i think it's fairly obvious that they are more than just friends yeah it, it like even if it's unintentional like they're written as like angry older gay couple and it's like oh <laughs> okay i i can see then in like how it, it like in, in the Krakowin era, for example, where it's like, it's all, it is very like overt. Uh, this is pretty in your face for like this era. Yeah. Um, well, like he has this scene where, you know, after Magneto's with Legion comes running to Xavier and Xavier's like, he's coming. He called out to me and look at Xavier's face right there. Look how happy he is. Yeah. <laughs> he looks so happy. I don't like, listen, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my God, they're in a romance. There's everything because I, I, I don't, I think from a canon standpoint, it's less about a romance and more about this like very complicated philosophical and spiritual like bond they both have. You know what I mean? Like, I want to say that they are like soulmates on some level, but obviously, you know, We've never seen an actual hint at a romance. But anyways, that's just me overanalyzing everything. No, I, I, I don't think you're, you're overanalyzing it. Um, I think, like I said, particularly in like the, the current stuff, um, it's a lot more like overt. And this, you know, this you can read as like, you, like super intense friendship, but in like looking at it with like a more queer critical sort of lens like it does come off as very like intentionally or not like homoerotic and mm -hmm. just like yeah um you know not it's 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 not like like bobby with his you know taking rogue to uh meet his parents and there's a lot of like oh you can see in like retrospect yeah. this is like a lot of hints for yeah. bobby um yeah it's there though 
Yeah, I think the point is to really elucidate their really tight, beautiful bond and obviously setting up for what will be the moment when Legion is about to deliver the final blow and why Xavier like steps in and dies in the place of Magneto, which if you didn't know that. Sorry, spoilers. Ooh, Xavier mm-hmm. dies and we get after Xavier, Age of Apocalypse. But um, Spo- Spoilers for a 28-year-old uh, <laughs> series. <laughs> Um, but like, I think it's rude. You weren't in this episode, but you were so missed. And we get into the we'll we'll get into the nuts and bolts without Scott. But uh, here's our interview with Mr. Kyle Thomas and Luke. Welcome to Power of X Men Apocalypse, the podcast where we review every single issue of the classic reality warping high octane epic X Men crossover event known as Age of Apocalypse. I'm your co-host. Day spring, and we are on our next chapter of our Age of Apocalypse read. X-Men number 40, written by Fabian Nicieza and art by Andy Kubert, with inks by Matt Ryan. Folks, Mr. Scott Free couldn't be here tonight. He had a last-minute thing with the deadline, so let's send him some love. But I am so excited for our guests tonight. We've been planning this for... mm, I think a very long time and I'm just I'm just so over the moon that we've been able to make this work with scheduling. So I'm just going to go ahead and introduce our first guest who is a globally recognized pop culture astrologer who has been featured on Access Hollywood, E Entertainment, NBC and ABC Television, Cosmopolitan Magazine, The New York Post, Page 6, Hulu, Bustle and so much more. He is known for his cosmic guidance for celebrities, business executives, and prominent influencers. Listen, Amelia, on a personal note, when we first started talking, we had an instant rapport because he is literally a phoenix rising from the ashes. We've partied together in WeHo (laughs) when I was out in LA a couple months back. He is part of my soul tribe, and we were brothers in another life. Please welcome Kyle Thomas. Hello, my friends. It is so exciting to be here, and I, I know we've been talking about doing this for so long, and it's, I, I, it's, it's definitely a great way to kick off the year, and you always inspire me, and I have so many exciting predictions to even talk about for you and some of our favorite MCU MCU. Uh, stars uh, in this episode today. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to tackle all sorts of stuff. I am literally fanboying out because you know how much I love you. Like since the (laughs) instant we connected on Instagram and I just, I love your vibe, man. Like you got like the best vibe out there. Thank you. Likewise, my friend. (laughs) But you also brought in a very special other guests. And I am so excited to get to know him because I think his cosplay, I posted about it the other day. And literally, I got so many people throwing up that those heart emojis and the flame emojis. <laughs> like, why don't you ever give me those emojis when, <laughs> when I post my thirst traps? But our next guest is an artist and a cosplayer with a special soft spot for everything MCU. He's all about everything in geekdom, especially Avatar and Pokemon. In his spare time, he's either in the gym hitting the weights or learning chaos magic in practice to become the next Scarlet Witch. Professionally, 
he protects the public by being a real life superhero as a firefighter. Please welcome Luke James. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, this is a great honor to actually be here and be able to speak to you about the X-Men Age of Apocalypse. And it's definitely something that I've been looking forward to, um, especially because X-Men has been a huge part of my life as well. So, I Okay, so for folks at home who don't know this, they are actually brothers. I knew that there were going to be some exciting projects that were launching at the beginning of this year. And I was planning on spending a longer trip home in the, in the Midwest. This is where we are right now in Wisconsin. And like I said, I mean, I've wanted to kind of give Luke a little bit of a platform to talk to people about all the things he's passionate about. So when I pitched you about, you know, coming on and him, and I just think it's a perfect synergy. So thank you for having us. He is one of my favorite people in the world. How <laughs> are you? So this is a, a very wonderful bond and uh, opportunity to connect. Okay, but you both look so young. Who's the older brother? I am. Oh, absolutely. You're the older brother? Yes. Yeah. I, did, I don't think I knew that. I didn't know that. because you you're what, like 11 so years old? Yeah, so I am 34, and you're... I will be 24 tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's so funny. My brother and I, we have a 10-year gap as well. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. my brother is 28, and I am 38. Wow. That's so weird. That's just another coincidence with you. God. Totally. I mean, I just basically, you know, raised him growing up. Yeah, so, <laughs> but, and I, I really feel like, I mean, I've always been obsessed with all sorts of geekdoms and X-Men and, you know, Marvel. And I, I sort of passed along a lot of stuff to him when he was growing yeah. up. So that's why I feel like it's cool that we have this bond of similar interests and, and things. And he actually, so I, I ended up getting a Nintendo Switch last year and got all back into Pokemon because of him. So it's cool to have a brother that you can really relate with and like share exciting interests and, you know, chat with. So I think it's a rare thing and it's just such an honor and a blessing to, to be related to you. Absolutely. Okay, wait, I need to find uh, find something out. So you have a Nintendo Switch. Yes. <laughs> Do you guys have Mario Kart? Yes, I have Mario Kart. Yes. Okay. How is your relationship after playing Mario Kart? Because Ryan and I, Ryan, who's my little brother, Nightfall for the podcast, we play Mario Kart and it is savage. Like we come out of it like with so much pain and trauma. Like we're like screaming at each other. Like he gets a blue shell, I get a red shell. It's nasty. Well, we haven't even played that yet. Yeah. Actually, the yeah. only games that we've ever played together is the Pokemon game. Yeah. Um, yeah, and one thing I love to do, especially when it comes to Mario Kart, is like I like to call it like the safe way of drinking and driving. <laughs> so, so like I would always like do it with a bunch of friends, and we'll be like, "Hey, like, want to grab grab a glass of uh, whatever, like wine or whatever." Um, and we literally just sit down around the TV and we trade off the remote controllers and we just play it. That's so fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, in this trip, I'm I'm here about three weeks. I'm going to be leaving this weekend, and we only got what two days of playing. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I'd say something around there. Which is really surprising because I expected more. But then, of course, I'm working all the time. So <laughs> that's why it's been a little bit difficult to do that. But um, we're, we're throwing him a huge bash for his birthday tomorrow and also screening my Axis Hollywood premiere. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're also partnering up for that. So I think that'll be a lot of fun, too. My face cracked when the Access Hollywood ran. I can't believe you're on. I'm so proud of you, Kyle. Oh, thank you. I mean, I 
it's so cool to be able to do what I do as a global astrologer and like thinking back to, you know, how my life has evolved. And, you know, it's funny because you and I, we've talked about all sorts of different gifts that we have as people, you know, and they're different sort of powers, you know, and I think a lot of people don't know how to tap into it yet. We all have heightened abilities if you really allow yourself to train them. And, you know, whether that's precognition or heightened creativity, you know, we, we have so many tools at our disposal. And so that's something that is cool to sort of be like, I mean, like a real life mutant, you know, like, I mean, I'm working with people all over the world and like celebrities and like, predicting their their lives. And, and I think at the end of the day, what I really try to do with my work is I just try to give people hope and to really sort of guide them in a way that's going to help them to see that they can get anything they want if they really apply themselves to do so. Well, and then on a different end of the spectrum, giving people hope and helping people out. I mean, Luke, you're a firefighter. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, on the guns. Show me the guns. Oh God! Oh, Show can we see guns. the guns? Let's see the guns. Let's see the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't quite see that. Can you do it one more time? <laughs> and just like that, we got a million hits on this video. <laughs> how how did? What was your journey like to becoming uh, a firefighter? Becoming a firefighter? Yeah. Um. Well, it was uh rather chaotic to be honest. It was a uh, very intensive, labor intensive. Um. One thing about our family is actually. Uh, we kind of grew up in a lineage of people who have been firefighters in the past. So like mm-hmm. my, my grandpa, my grandfather was one. Uh, our parent, our father was one. Is oh, one. Well, yeah. Why is he retired? Yeah. Um, and then there's me and my bro- other brother. Um, so he's kind of the odd one out when it comes to firefighters. <laughs> yeah. Well, they tried to, they tried to have me do that. And I was like, do you know who I am? No. <laughs> Wait, but Kyle, did you actually do any of like the training or anything? No, like, absolutely <laughs> not. No. I mean, I... I, I've always been an artist and I've always been working in some form of Hollywood. And I mean, like I was an actor when I was like eight years old and I wrote my first novel when I was like 13. And so I've done all sorts of different media um, endeavors for my whole life. So I was new that I was like meant to be this, but then I was also doing astrology and like tarot and all this sorts of other stuff, like my whole life too. I just, didn't expect to now be doing it on such a big scale, <laughs> you know? So yeah, but that's how it's been a while, but yeah. Tell more about the, your evolution. Yeah. I mean. Um, so I actually joined the fire scene literally right after high school. So I graduated and then I signed up for this one program. Uh, it was a cadet program and they actually, it was an, a mentorship for this one city, uh, where it was a two-year program and we kind of just went along with the ride and it was like, they literally just like put us into the fire and they're like, here, put out the fire, uh, but <laughs> a much more safer environment. It wasn't like, it doesn't out. sound safe to me. It, it was no. safe. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of like hoses and everything. Like, don't worry. It was fine. Um, but it was uh, a very long process, uh, very labor intensive. And it, honestly, I don't think I would be as physically enough if I had not done that. Um, like when I was a senior in high school, I literally was like 125 pounds. And then I put on probably 45 to 50 pounds. Yeah. I mean, if, if anybody Fuck. looks on his, his page, he is like literally like this big monster swole dude. And I'm like, that's my little brother. <laughs> um, oh my God. And so I, okay. So like I, one of the reasons I'm so excited about this week for him is that 
I wanted to give him something for his his birthday that like no one in the world can give him, you know, like something really original and something that like has a lot of meaning. So I was like, well, I've been getting a lot of media opportunities. So like, what if I just like sort of help make him famous? And <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but like, so I, I obviously write for the New York Post and page six for, for those who are just getting to know me. And I did an article about the biggest celebrities of 2022. <laughs> and in the, I, I cho- chose Tom Holland as one of them, which is obviously going to happen. And I cited him as Tom Holland's lookalike. And my <laughs> editor literally linked a photo of him like shirtless and <laughs> yes! in this article. Yeah. In the article, it's wild. And like, yeah. we clicked it and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, because like, like, he originally just had my profile as like the link. Yeah. And then like his editor actually like went in and like looked and learned yeah. my po- like profile. And my editor's actually- gay, you know, so. <laughs> Did he know it was your brother? Yeah, in the oh, article, yeah. yeah, I said like, you know, Tom Holland is definitely going to be one of the biggest mm-hmm. celebrities yeah. of 2022. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit of that later. But I said that Luke, my brother, is a Spider-Man variant. So that's <laughs> how I was able to reference him. And then lo and behold, right you know, there. Now, yeah. now there's like hundreds of thousands of people looking at this article <laughs> and potentially seeing him. Surely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how does it be how does it feel to be a shirtless icon on the internet right um you know it's been pretty interesting honestly i wouldn't be surprised if called me right, right? i know <laughs> you're welcome well you know i don't think anything could have topped that wanda cosplay that i posted because literally everyone part of the power of x-men familia was losing their fucking shit <laughs> They were like, who is that? Who is that? I'm like, wait and see, guys. Wait and see. Well, I'm just like so proud of him because I'm can you tell us a little bit about like your process with that? Because I think people would be interested in sure. Honestly, um, so this backtracks probably probably I'd say July, actually, when okay. you you sent me, he actually sent me a concept art yeah. of a scar a male version of the Scarlet Witch. Yes. And it was very cool art. I was like, oh wow, that's really cool. And he actually was like, ooh, like this is interesting. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, if only I could actually like create that. Cause I, I before this, I have no, I, other than that, I did Spider-Man as a cosplay and that was it. Mm-hmm. So I, and I didn't create that. I bought that. And this one was the first time I ever actually created anything. And I was like, I don't know how to sew. I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> so this was the first big project I ever tackled. And I'd say probably a month after that, I drew a concept art. I watched WandaVision. I'm obsessed with WandaVision. Yes, you're on the right show. You are on the right show. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I pretty much just drew the concept art. And then I watched some like how to do cosplay videos. And I actually, there was this one person, I think her name is like Carmen Valentina. I follow her on Instagram. And she was the first person that I saw actually create a Scarlet Witch costume by herself. Um, yeah. So I started watching her videos on TikTok and that's actually kind of what sparked it. She actually introduced like where she bought the specific fabric. I, I spent like $300 on this fabric that was movie quality from yes. all of France. And I'd say it probably to create the whole costume and everything, it probably took about three months to make. Yeah. And just nonstop. Sure. Um, wow. So I have the Scarlet Witch like crown right here that i ended up making i had my friend 3d print it's it. so legit it's, it's so, so legit. let me see the interior too that interior is beautiful it's kind oh, of hard yeah, to look at right here but yeah, yeah. 
I did Fuck, that. Look at the markings on that. Yeah. So cool. So I'm very fortunate that when my friends had a 3D printer and she actually made this for me. Um, and then I just painted it and did everything else with that. Um, and then I also made, uh, along with the Scarlet Witch costume, I made Darkhold. Um, this actually oh, took off. Let's see that Darkhold right now. Dun, dun, dun. Three days to do- dude. I couldn't even do that in three years. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what was so the process funny. to making that? Um, I actually, there was this one, another, uh, video that I saw on YouTube that pretty much just did like a how to on how to create it. And I so took cool. properties of that. And then I kind of did it with my own take mm-hmm. and I pretty much just made it. It was, it was pretty easy. Actually. Um, I just used the scraps for my costume to make it. Wow. That's yeah. So I'm going to ask you an Oprah style question right okay. now. What is it about Wanda that resonated with you? That's such oh. a good question. I know. I You're welcome. Um, Crazy Wanda stand right here. Thank God <laughs> Mr. Scott Free is in here because he hates Wanda. What? I know. Heard oh. that, Scott? Exiled. <laughs> exiled. Exiled. <laughs> exiled. But what is it about Wanda that resonates with you as a character? Um, that's, that is a really interesting question, to be honest. But uh, initially, I actually didn't like care for her that much. Like I was like, oh, I, I appreciate her powers. I really liked her. But it was up until I'd say probably Infinity War, um, where I started to like her a lot more and the, the sacrifice that she had to make. And oh. her and the relationship with Vision mm-hmm. is so pure, in my opinion. And I just, I, I love their dynamic. And then watching WandaVision, it made me really appreciate the growth that she had as a character. And watching, like, I'd say my favorite episode is probably the eighth one where Agatha, at the time, she, like, goes back into the past. Mm -hmm. And she's like, let's learn about how you became who you are. Mm -hmm. And watching those really made me appreciate who she was. And then uh, another thing about WandaVision that I, I, why I love that show so much is because that one scene in that episode where she sits down with Vision and he talks about grief, it's just oh, so that, compelling that, to me. Yeah. I, I love it so much. And like, whenever I am in like, I can be in a shitty mood. I can be in a good mood. I'm just, I'm just going to sit down and be like, all right, let's watch WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, WandaVision, I give it credit for Power of X-Men. It put the gas in our engine. It put us on the map. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've loved Wanda pre house of m like early 90s like the john byrne west coast avengers like run she was absolutely amazing in it but episode eight what i love about that so much was at the ending when agatha's like i know who you are and here you are making breakfast for dinner like the fucking read that Catherine hahn had on wanda like i died died. i think about like i mean i was not really super familiar with her like prior to like where she was in the in the mcu but the thing is it's like the stuff that i had read because i was very devoted to x-men growing up and still certainly am but i feel like the the marvel version of her is is very different from the mcu version Hmm. but that's i like i said i didn't i never read avengers growing up i don't know i knew about her and vision i knew about like her sort of magneto uh ties at the point in time um (laughs) let's not open up that can of worms today yeah well (laughs) like it's interesting because like where i am in in the whole mythology of x-men is that 
because I, I, I sort of like stopped collecting for a really long time. Um, cause I'm, I'm a workaholic and I just like, didn't have the finances and just to keep doing it. Um, it's expensive. It's, it's an very expensive hobby. Yeah. But, um, I'm trying to read through everything up to the, at least through like the X-Men milestones and house of M and stuff and get through there. And so maybe, you know, maybe the way she is now in the comics is more closely aligned to M the MCU, but I mean, she's certainly, you know, a, a, I think a very compelling character, but I do love that moment um, in WandaVision when she says, I think it's like, what is love but grief persevering or something, oh, right? I love it. Yeah, that's like <laughs> vision set. Yeah. Whoops, wrong way, but you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's like that. So, no, it's the same vibe. So powerful, well, yeah. Wanda is emblematic of grief and loss. And I find people yeah. who resonate with her have an intuitive understanding about what it means to love so passionately and lose it. So I love that. Um, Kyle, how did you first get started in X-Men? Um, I mean, I think probably the, oh, actually, no, now I remember. So I was very young and my father, having been a firefighter, we would go to this one thing every summer called the firefighter camp outing. Yeah. I don't know if you guys still do that, but um, my dad won like a big box of, um, comics for me. And so that was my first venture into it. And I started to collect and I was really into Spider-Man. I learned, I, I got some X-Men stuff and I was very taken by it. And I've always loved, I always felt like I was a mutant growing up, you know, even before <laughs> I knew what it was like, I've always, and again, because like I said, like I have heightened, um, gifts that I utilize in my career every day. Um, but like I said, I think everyone does in some capacity, um, I don't see spirits, so don't worry about that. <laughs> um, but I, so I was not going to necrocho the shit out of us today. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't deal with spirits. Um, I mean, we all do, but you know what I mean? But anyway, so, um, I, yeah, I got really into it that way. And then certainly the X-Men animated series and then, you know, the Spider-Man animated series. And then I just really got, uh, more and more invested in, in that mythology and, and all of that. So yeah, that's just, it kind of cascaded from there and I was always like drawing my own comics and writing my own stories and then that's how I started so my first novel was based on sort of like the archetypes of the dark phoenix saga uh which is you know I mean it's so iconic and so powerful yeah. and I hope the MCU does it in a, in the right way if they're ever going to do it and I will be just totally heartbroken if they use Sophie Turner like I feel like I'm, yeah I mean, like I just, I can't, I can't with her. Like she's, she's a, a phenomenal actress. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, um, I, well, I we got some friends. shade here. Yeah, I have friends. So like I deal with celebrities all the time. Like I actually, I know a lot of celebrities. This is my life. I live in LA. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know her yet. I'm sure I'll probably meet her at some point in time. And I'm sure she's lovely, you know, like I'm sure she's totally like just, she's a Pisces. She's probably a blast and we would totally get along, but I just, there's nothing about her that actually resonates with Jean Grey. She just doesn't fit the character. And, you know, and I think that like, you know, I know we're kind of like going tangential, but like, I don't know, it, did you say, is her name Famka? I don't Famka, have to say Famka, Famka. Yeah, Famka. I like love her. She was so good as Jean yeah. Grey. She understood yeah. the depth of the emotion and like the conflict and the intensity. And it's just like, I was so heartbroken that they trashed the Phoenix Saga in X-Men. Twice. Twice. 
I, yeah. I didn't even yeah. see the second one because that's how much I dislike Sophie Turner. I like, sorry, I'm not even, I'm not even, oh. because there's nothing about her that actually could exist within, so I'm I not, okay, I really shouldn't be, like, I'm not talking trash, but, like, every single role and every single thing that Sophie does is just, <laughs> that's, that's all she has. And that's why I'm like, sorry, bitch, but that does not mean great. Jean Grey, Jean Grey is like every intensity, you know? Yeah. She has a spectrum of all human emotion. Yeah, yeah. You know, but she's the fucking Phoenix. Sorry, but she's like, it's just, it's so much more nuanced. And, that's and our soundbite right there. She's the fucking right? Phoenix. You know? And it's just that, that level of it. And so, I mean, I literally, when X-Men 3 came out, I, I had like a huge party yeah. and I brought like, a, I think we had like 30 or 40 people, like all went and saw it. And I remember, remember I was, what was I? I was a sophomore or junior. I was sophomore in, in college. All in college. Okay. Yeah, sophomore yeah. in college. And I, I remember like sitting there and watching it and like when, when the curtains, you know, when, when it went done, I was like, that's it? That's really what happened? Yeah. yeah I, I took some of my friends. Oh, to, man. It's the worst. Oh, I can't. So. We, yeah, so anyway, I, that's my thought on that. I was living in Tallahassee in Florida at the time I was going to school there. And I had to drive to Gainesville, which was an hour and a half away, with some of my friends. I was like, no, guys, you don't understand. This is X3. Famka's turning into the Phoenix. Like, there's uh, going to be... Remember the, the cartoon with, like, the big Phoenix effect? We're going to get that. And literally, once the movie was over, I looked at my friends and like, Sorry. <laughs> and X2 was so good. It was very it's nice. still like, That's I mean, sweet. I haven't seen it in so long. And, and the thing is, it's like with Brian Singer, it's so, I feel like he's so brilliant and talented in certain ways. And I, you know, obviously being in Hollywood and, and living in yeah. Hollywood, I know a lot of people that know him and yeah. a lot of, unfortunately, Net yeah. negative experiences with him mm -hmm. um i can't validate that and i cannot go on the record of anything of that nature but like how do you give us x2 and then you fly the coop and go to superman returns which i also did like i did i love superman returns. i liked it it was a good movie it but was. i'm like dude why would you x like x3 would have been epic it would have yeah. been so good and like I just, I, I will never forgive him for that. Well, we, we don't need to go into too many details about it, but the original plot for X3, like his vision for it was that Gene would evolve into a cosmic creature and yeah. leave Earth. And it was sort of like, I'm leaving Earth, but I have my eye on everyone and like darts off. And it would have been, I think he pitched it as the X-Men versus evolution herself. The implication being Gene as a Phoenix was the next step in evolution, which we saw at the end of X2. Yeah. And I but, think though that what I read though is that the way that he had pitched it is that X3 was going to be the Phoenix saga-ish of, of what that be. And then they were going to do an X4, which was going to be the Dark Phoenix saga. I yeah, could be wrong. I, I could never, be wrong, but I thought I heard that before. I never read, I, I didn't read about an X4, but his original vision for X3, and maybe it's all kind of like muddled in together, could yeah. have been a two-part. Yeah. But you know, I mean, listen, we, we, we can marinate on the past. I did post something today about Sophie Turner returning as Jean Grey. And Dark. No, I, I saw, saw that. that. Oh. <laughs> oh, I know. I know, man. Yeah, I posted that on Twitter and everyone lost their shit. Sophie Turner fans like that standum. They're uh -huh. savage, man. The amount of DMs I've gotten about Sophie Turner today. So uh, if any of you guys are listening, uh, I love Sophie Turner for the record. Don't come after me.
No, <laughs> it's, like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like, you know, she just, yeah. I'm not saying she's a bad actress ultimately. It's just, no. I mean, I really liked her in Game of Thrones. I really yeah. do. And I no, think. No, but that, to your point, though, the EW article where, or cover where she was the Here Comes Tomorrow Phoenix, she looks so bored on that cover. She was like this. And yeah. like, we never saw that effect, obviously, in the movie. But yeah. I was like, yeah, she lacked a certain genesis qual. I, I blame it on the writing because I happened to like yeah. Sophie Turner. I would agree. But, but I think Sophie Turner was supposed to have a really good 2019 with the Game of Thrones finale and Dark Phoenix. No, had the worst summer, bro. Like, I feel oh, so bad man. for her. But I could go on about Jean, Sophie Turner, and Famke. But well, Jean is my favorite character. So it's that was like, my next question, right? Yeah, there. you know, like it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously, I mean, I love Storm and I love, you know, everything that Storm embodies. And he's how he has all these like theories about Storm <laughs> with the MCU, which we can talk about in a second. But like, oh, I hear that. you know, I think my first love was certainly Storm. And then everything with the Phoenix, because the, I, I'm, I, I'm a storyteller. And I have always been a storyteller, whether that medium is, you know, writing or that is in horoscopes or in acting or whatever it be. And I just feel like the, the archetypes, because that's so important to me as a storyteller to understand those, that human psychology and tragedy. I mean, I love Shakespeare. I love all sorts of different, you know, stories that explore these other very core experiences of humanity and the, the 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 phoenix saga and the dark phoenix saga they really bring out such an iconic rise and fall yeah. you know and then that well, it is shakespearean and, and it's tragic exactly yeah, and i'm so into that and i felt like that's what makes gene and and the phoenix such a brilliant uh, character and I didn't even read Inferno until last year, so like I I know so that's like why the like, OG like, Inferno, not the Hickman Inferno, the OG Inferno from the I know Inferno exactly. And then I loved that because like Madeline Pryor, like she's so fascinating, and I felt so bad for her, you know. Like that's also like such a heartbreaking. You've never read Inferno, right? I have not. No, it's good. Oh, um, we're sending you some reading recommendations. <laughs> so many, it's so good. Um, but yeah, so it's like. And then you feel bad for her because like Scott, Scott's such a dick. Like, I mean, I feel like I'd probably date him, but like um, if he was gay, you know, but I, I, I feel like he's just, he's just done some really trash things to the, to these women. And, and I think that the way that the stories play out with them is just so fascinating. So that's my two cents. So Luke, what are your thoughts on our God queen, Jean Grey? I, I, I love Jean Grey. Uh, she's definitely one of That's my the favorite. only answer you can give. <laughs> I don't know if I've known anyone that doesn't like her. Oh, there are uh, quite a few of people. Really? I, yeah, I feel like there's quite a few. I mean, they, I don't think they really understand the psychology behind Jean Grey. Yeah. Or like, um, they don't really like care, really. Sorry, being from Paper Brother. <laughs> oh, wait, you guys are adorable. I'm missing my brother now. I'm going to like call him after <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't really appreciate Jean Grey, um, or actually a lot of feminine characters, uh, men-wise, like, men don't really appreciate feminine characters as much as they probably should. Um, That's true. Because I feel like they're all like, ooh, macho, big, uh, hit, hit, like, they just 
really like seeing the action of it all. And a lot yeah. of them, unfortunately, don't really understand the emotion and psychology behind different characters. Yeah. Um, Dude, I'm having goosebumps right now because I just said this on another episode of the podcast. I really? grew up on Calle Ocho con mi primo. And like, he was all about Wolverine and Cyclops and Storm, but he saw like their powers. You know what I mean? Like he saw Wolverine pop his claws. He saw Storm conjuring like the weather. I saw the mutant metaphor and I saw the value in these characters. And I also appreciate it at the time. Like these are strong female characters, which we don't yes. really have. Absolutely. There is no right or wrong way to do things, you know, when you're looking at stand-up, but very few people, especially if you're looking at a male reader, like the cisgender, like male hetero yeah. reader, they don't, yeah. they don't see that level yeah. yes. right there. Absolutely. Um, no, I totally agree with all of that. And it's interesting because yeah, when it comes to like my favorite character, uh, X-Men wise, uh, even from a young kid, I loved Storm. She was by far my favorite character. And yeah. um, I think a good reason behind that is because uh, growing up, uh, he was very into Marvel everything. Mm-hmm. And he would be like, if there was a storm going on and like, I was like four years old. He'd be like, oh, a storm is battling Sabretooth. So like in my mind, <laughs> I know. like, I don't know why it was Sabretooth out of all people. Um, but in my mind, like I, I thought Storm was like protecting all of us. So Aww. like as a kid. Aww. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's that was, like as a kid, that's what I remembered it as. But then growing up, I still adored her. And she's still yeah. my favorite Mar- Marvel character uh, away from Scarlet Witch and Jean Grey. But those are my three favorite well, I remember, I mean, because I mean, I've always, I've always, and I still do, I try to tell people to like tap into their magic, whatever that is. And so, yeah, I would take him like out by the storms and I'd be like, you know, <laughs> go create the lightning, Luke. And he'd yeah. be like, ah, you know, so like, <laughs> seriously, I know, I know. So well, I, oh, that, that, I love that though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I didn't even remember that until now. Mm-hmm. Mm, look at that. Unearthing childhood memories here. Oh, yeah. Kyle, I think you have some special readings for us. Yes, absolutely. So we have a few different people that we wanted to talk about, and I know that you requested a couple. Uh, who do you want to go into first? Mm, Luke, do you, do you do, were you able to take a peek at his notes? Do you which, which one should we? Who should we go first with? Well, what do you think I'm thinking of? Well, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, obviously. Absolutely. All right. You got to do Elizabeth Olsen. And Kyle, (laughs) why don't you frame it for people who may not be familiar with your process and what you do? Absolutely. So as I was saying before, and we've been kind of touching upon, I am an astrologer. And what an astrologer does is we take the exact date, time, and place of someone's birth. And we look at where the stars were at that exact moment. And so I can make predictions about what's happening in each year for each person's life. So the most typical way that we look at astrology is is obviously your sun sign and your zodiac sign. So that's the date of birth that you are. And I can see a lot of stuff about that. Now, yes, yes, I can have a heightened intuition and things, but it's not really a feeling. Astrology is based on where the planets are at each moment. So that's how, like I said, I can talk about what's likely to happen to you, to you, to... Elizabeth Olsen in 2022. So we wanted to make this episode for a little bit about the predictions about some of the biggest MCU stars. So Elizabeth Olsen is an Aquarius. And the thing about that is that she had a very important and monumental year 
in 2021. And that's because a lot of the planets were in Aquarius. So she was going through a lot of new beginnings at that period in time. So that's why with WandaVision dropping then, this shows that this cycle for her is going to echo out for the next 11 years or so. So WandaVision, that arc, all of those kinds of things with the MCU are definitely going to continue to proliferate for her. However, in 2022, uh, we're going to see that for her in particular, yes, there's going to be certainly plenty of career success. I do think that there's going to be some important awards that happen because she's beginning eclipses and eclipses represent destined moments in one's lifetime. So usually they represent like awards, achievements, things of that nature, if it hits your sector of fame and honor, which it does for her. And she's going to have three eclipses over the next year and a half in this sector. So on one hand, like I said, it's probably going to be some pretty you know, prominent awards or things of that nature. The first eclipse is around May, May 15th for her. The second one is going to be around October 28th. And then the last one is going to be in April of 2022 or 23. So over this period, there's going to be a lot of shifts in her career, a lot of, you know, higher standing. Um, the news may happen for an award or something like, you know, a little bit before or a little bit after. Um, but they also can be major new projects, things that are happening. And I do think, are, don't we have uh, Dr. Strange debuting right around then? In May. Exactly. Yeah. So that, yeah. that will be a very significant period in her career. But since she hasn't started these eclipses yet, we, are, we haven't gotten there, obviously. So over the next year and a half, her career is going to significantly skyrocket even further. So we have lots of exciting things there. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have for her? So she, um, she is going to be making more money. Uh, I know that. Um, and like I said, I'm not seeing these things like intuitively. I'm, I, I looked at her chart before and actually I can pull it up and, and show it to some people. Uh, let's see, where is it? Okay. Where is she? Where did I put her? I have so many celebrities in here. Yes. Okay, so this is a natal chart. I don't know if you can really see. Hold no, on. I really can't hard. see it. Let's see. Hard to, yeah. It's hard to focus. Oh, yeah. there we go. There we go. We kind of got that. There. That's a natal chart, and those planets are always going to stay there. But depending on where they are each year, that's mm -hmm. like I said, I can make a big prediction about these things. So there's that. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that'll be pretty pretty prominent for her. I also do know that just because of the way her chart is, she's just, there's lots of shifts and changes in her domestic life where she's moving. And I know that's probably not stuff that people would off the bat think about because they think about her as just this image, but she's a human being and she obviously has important transitions that are happening for her. Uh, what else do I want to talk about with her? Um, yeah, you know, there's, there, there's that. I do think that there will be some important learning curves that happen for her because she does have Saturn in her sign this year. Saturn is the planet of life lessons and challenges. So I do think that last year was probably a little bit better of a year for her. Um, it doesn't mean that this year is a bad year. It's just that I think that there's going to be a lot. Of, there's a little bit more uh, heavy lifting that's happening in her life. So that's going to be pretty, pretty significant. Oh, she's her. got that heavy lifting, especially with Dr. Strange too, because all yeah. eyes are on her right yeah. there i mean she is the biggest mcu star right now i mean Absolutely. she she's yeah. at the level of tom holland spider-man and iron man like the yeah. amount of like engagement wanda content gets and it's all because of her oh, so, Absolutely, totally yeah. so yeah so that's kind of what we're saying there for her uh then let's dive into the next one oh hmm. 
I'd, let's go with my second favorite. I'd probably do Tom Holland. Tom yeah. Holland. So I, Tom is a wonderful human being. I like him a lot. He, he's a Gemini. Mm-hmm. And uh, so his chart here, you know, one of the, the reason I put him as one of the top stars, I actually did include Elizabeth Olsen in the article uh, for the New York Post about the biggest stars. I didn't highlight her as the top 10. Mm-hmm. I put her on <clears throat> in like the honorable mentions. Um, but Tom Holland, he, the thing that's really cool for him is that Jupiter, which is the planet of luck and miracles, is going to go into the height of his solar chart, which represents awards and big things for him but it actually just entered here on december 28th of 2021 and is going to stay here for most of the year so the thing about this year is yes he's going to win some big awards this year i really think that there's going to be even a higher level of prominence but it's funny because as much as he's been kind of going on the record and i've i've been seeing a lot of articles by by this from him about uh how he sort of wants to take a break and sort of like have a little bit a more like have a family that. and focus on that buddy your charge doesn't talk about that right now <laughs> it just doesn't it really doesn't and it's there's it's it's going to get a lot bigger for him um certainly a lot more money and then it's funny because in his compatibility with zendaya and i don't want to i don't want to pry into too much but let's just <laughs> say i know a lot about them um and i love zendaya i think she is so magnificent she's iconic She's a she wonderful. Has so MJ. many exciting things. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to be really upfront with the way that their charts align is that it sort of is like they recognize that they can be a power couple. So they're a power couple. They just sort of, it's not as like passionate. It's not like as spicy in this whirlwind romance sort of energy. It's just that they click so well. And it just like intellectually makes sense that they're aligned, you know? So I do think that it's, a little bit of a career move for both of them in their relationship, but it doesn't mean they don't like each other, you know, and I'm not like saying I don't, it's not a fake relationship, you know, cause I, I do see that with some celebrities and it can be a setup. So I don't think it's that, but it sort of is like this relationship that was born out of friendship and it just intellectually, their connection was so strong. And then they were like, yeah, well, I guess let's just do this. You know, that kind of thing, rather than being like, oh my God, I love this human being. Like, sorry, it's not that. It just isn't. I love how you frame that though, because I was one of the people who thought like, oh yeah, they have a major movie coming out. Of course yeah. they're going to be dating. We've seen that yeah. happen in Hollywood right. for decades at this point. Totally. But what you're saying is that they have an authentic connection. They started yeah. off as friends and yeah. it blossomed into something, what it is right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be really upfront. I do not think that they're going to get married. <laughs> I don't think that they're going to be together for very long. I do think yeah. it's more of, uh, mm-hmm. a convenience of power. Um, I mean, literally the way power. that it is. I mean, I, I trust me. I mean, I've looked at their chart and I was like, Hmm, Zendaya really gets the way that this is going to help her. Um, and certainly help him. But I, I think it's really because both of their charts do have a lot of focus on travel over the next couple of years. I just feel like after a while, it's going to sort of sort of be this thing where they not to bring up another celebrity couple, but like Sean Mendes and Camilla Cabello, we all got our opinions about that. But (laughs) uh, I I think that there was this sort of realization on both ends that they were like, okay, it's just, it just doesn't make sense anymore. You know, like Sean's gonna come out. I mean, um, and um, uh, sorry. Um, (laughs) um, 
Oh, bring God. that to <laughs> Bring that yeah. to <laughs> Um, I, yeah. But, um, but I think that, you know, at the base of it, that it will just, I mean, all of our relationships evolve. Mm-hmm. And after a while, some relationships of high profile celebrities, they just sort of go in different directions because they're in different places. They're traveling, they're, they're moving, they're mm-hmm. meeting new people. And when you are a celebrity, you sort of can have any, anyone you want, you know, it's, it's this level of like, seriously, like, <laughs> people will change their sexuality for you, be just to be with you sometimes, <laughs> you know, like I, I've seen this many times. So I, I think that I think, I think Zendaya is going to want more of a spice, more mm. of a really passionate connection. And I think that this feels more like a friendship for them. Yeah, yeah. Does that I'm make sense? That I mean, do you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Do you, Zendaya do you really has, have chemistry? Come on. Do, like, Zendaya no. has swag. I mean, she has, she just yeah. exudes She's so hot. swag. She's so hot. Tom, like, he's just like a nice guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the vibe I get. He's like your yeah. friendly neighborhood Spider-Man right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and the thing about Zendaya is that I think that she is she understands that she has to make these important, she has to keep her circle close and she has to be with people that she cares about and that she trusts. But I think that, I mean, she's, she's becoming even more of a woman. And as that sort of happens, she's going to want someone who is a man, you know, and I'm sorry, Tom Holland, I could probably throw you around. Um, (laughs) It's like, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying like, I'm going to throw him around, but you know, it's like that sort That's of one of us, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I, but don't you see, I just feel yeah. like with Zendaya, she just needs that. Yeah. She's going to want someone that's Zendaya like, is the leader of a pack. She needs another leader of the pack. Yeah. Kind well, of situation. He, he is, but I think she needs someone more sexually magnetic. Mm, interesting. Interesting. You know, interesting. because I'm sorry, he ain't throwing her around either. So like, <laughs> no. I mean, another thing too is we've seen this twice already when it comes to Spider-Man. Yeah, like I mean, oh, right. Toby Maguire dated. Um, oh, and I've got plenty of dish on Toby, but let's not go there. So. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I love Toby. Oh my god, I would just Follow freak up. out if I hung out with him. But <laughs> oh, interesting. Anyways, in, anyways. I mean, we've already seen it twice already, so it's gonna <laughs> happen for uh, Tom Holland and Zendaya. Yeah, like, yeah, and R.I.P. Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Who else do we have? Who else can we talk on about? The list. On the list. Is it Kevin Feige? Can we talk yeah, about Kevin, Kevin Feige? We have him too. So he's also a Gemini and I, he's so brilliant. So like I was just analyzing his chart earlier and that's why I, what I do is I have, I have an app and I can sort of pull up people's charts and make predictions. And mm-hmm. so like a lot of these are like celebrity clients or, or celebrities I've written about or things like that. And so his chart is pretty crazy because he, we haven't confirmed his time of birth online and i don't really trust a lot of like reported times of birth online unless a celebrity is like texting me their information i I just can't trust something online so all we really know is where he was born and the date of his birth okay but his chart is so significantly focused in gemini and that gemini is about like ideas 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 Mm -hmm. communication like thinking outside of the box and all of that and so i think that that is just what makes him so excellent at being able to juggle all of these different plot lines, people, you know, and I mean, Geminis are known as the master communicators of the Zodiac and they're an air sign. And so when someone has a lot of air sign energy in their chart, 
they're they're mentally brilliant. They're they're they have the level of genius capability, and that's why. And the thing that's crazy is that all of his planets, like I said, are not even just in Gemini, but they're all really close together. So he's able to synergize all of these different kinds of things, create structures, you know, think outside of the box, and really manifest. And so that's why I just I think it's so cool to be able to have that as our leader of the MCU. Every air sign I know is so smart and they're so with it, with ideas. And I'm a fire sign. So when I get with an air sign, it's just like instant chemistry. You know what I mean? I love, do do, do we see lots of money in the way of mutants (laughs) coming for Kevin Feige? Technically the way that things are working for him is like I said, in, you know, we, since we don't have his exact time of birth, we still have, we just have to focus on his date. So similarly, just like Tom Holland is having going to have a very major year around achievements. So is Kevin. And so that's why I really feel confident that we're going to be getting some pretty big awards for him and the MCU this year. And I, I mean, I, the MCU hasn't really won anything, right? Like uh, they've won a couple things here and there. WandaVision won a couple things, but um, yeah. And Black and Panther has been Black nominated, Panther. of course. Yes. Okay. And, yeah. But I but, think this is going to be the big monumental year for him around that. And then the cool thing about it is that from May 10th of this year until October 28th, and then at the beginning of 2023, uh, Jupiter, which is again that planet of luck, is going to go into a sector for Kevin. That's about expanding all of his ideas, really making and and appeasing the fandom, which I think is going to be really cool. And I think that's why we're going to probably get a lot of news about mutants and things like that. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be that they're fully announced, but Mm -hmm. I think that it's it's a high possibility. And that's really going to be because the thing is, it's the way that interact that that planet's interacting for for him is that he's like literally appealing to the people mm-hmm. and, and building and like activating his fans. Um, and so that's why I just like, what else does everyone in the MCU want more than that? Right. I know. You know? Like, I know. I think We're what... all ready for the mutants to come yeah. in, like bring them in right now. Give yeah, us some Jean so. Grey energy. Yes. 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 Except for you, Sophie. Sophie, you have to wait outside. Thank you. I mean, I <laughs> you're like, done. You're done. Like I said, I, I Sophie stands. Don't come after us. Don't come after us. Sophie no. stands. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Thank you for the retweets today, Sophie stands. Thank you. Right. Totally. So. So yeah, so like I feel that's pretty big for him. I think that's going to be really cool. Uh, who else do we have? The last big celebrity that uh, we're going to talk about is my future husband, Richard Madden, and uh, I I am making this a thing. So um, okay, wait. Before a- you get into him, have you seen his vacation pictures in Mexico? Yes, oh, I saw you, that. Oh, you posted that. God. I did. I did. I know. Yes. I know. And. And I've thought about that photo a lot. So, um, <laughs> I mean, um, and, okay, so I've I've literally done his compatibility chart with mine, oh, and it is I've never ever 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 seen anyone's chart as good as his and my arm. I'm I, I'm serious. You're it's just being so, modest here. No, it's, I'm, I'm really like, compatible. Not it up. Like, okay, so here here he is. Okay. Yum. This is his chart. Okay. And so then. I compare his chart with mine. And so he's a Gemini sun. He's a Scorpio uh, moon and a Leo rising. And so when I compare his chart with me, um, let's see, here we are. 
that shit's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> that is, that's like, marry me now, honey. Like, I mean, I would. You need to track him down. You need to track him down. Be no, like, I'm not, gonna be a, I'm not, a, I'm not going to like be a creep stalker, but you'll need him eventually. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, but I've already, <laughs> I've already like pre-thought what I'm going to do. I'm going to like go up to him and I'm going to be like, it's so nice to meet you again. <laughs> and he'll be like, wait, what? And I'll be like, yeah, we were together in the last lifetime. <laughs> Basically, I'll just like mess with his mind and he'll be like, who is this weirdo? I'm totally intrigued. You know, like <laughs> I've sort of been master planning this, but he's like my dream man. And I literally, oh man, I, when I first saw him in Game of Thrones, I, I like, I, I, I like saw him and I was like, wow, I wish he was gay. And I think I just manifest that. Like, it's, I mean, he's very private about his life. Mm. I, I do write about him in the New York Post all the time. So I hope that he, uh, his, he's his, taken wind. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I'm manifesting that. But, but like I said, I, so interestingly enough, I, and I don't want to sound bad, I don't think that even though, so he, his chart's a little bit different, obviously, but him and we've actually picked out three. Gemini's uh, for this reading today, so Kevin, Tom, and Richard. But the thing about the way that Richard's chart is is that his chart next year is a little bit less focused on career success and more focused on romance and partnership. So I that's why I am calling that in. Honey. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. I am. I I was born ready. Like, oh my my name is Kyle Thomas and you are mine. I am so serious about this. I even like literally have, I've started to like pass his Instagram around like to my family and be like, yeah, this is my future, future husband. My mom's like, oh, he's cute. And I'm like, I know. You know? So I, I hope it's not so creepo stalker, but I mean, come on, I've got to have some goals, you know, right? Yeah, like, this is true. Luke, what so. do you think of your future brother-in-law Icarus aka Richard Madden well first of all we're not going to talk about Eternals because he hasn't seen it yeah <gasps> um, oh we can't so talk he, about it okay yeah okay. he doesn't know anything about Icarus but I mean okay. if we're going off of Eternals I'm not a fan <gasps> oh I love my him as an God. acting I'm talking about the character of Icarus not Richard yeah. Madden I love not, not your future brother-in-law not your bill <laughs> not Icarus <laughs> <laughs> Richard Madden though like I definitely would think it would be amazing to have him be a brother-in-law That'd yeah be interesting. I think we would get along <laughs> Yeah, 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 I think I think so too. Well, um, yeah, it's he's he's always in LA. So you, I mean, you know how it is, though. It's like when yeah. when you're in the industry, whether that's publishing or media or you know television or Hollywood, like people just end up crossing paths. So yeah. if I don't marry him, I'm just gonna marry someone that looks like him. So, <laughs> so Sebastian Stan. <laughs> I could do some Sebastian Sand. He's not gay though. No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> yeah, but I would. I clearly have a type. Um, Tall, dark, yeah, and handsome. So he's well, yeah. yeah. Oh, but I know my. He sent me this photo once on Instagram, and it was about how they changed Icarus's costume because oh, because Richard was packing heat. And I was like, I didn't even know that. And I'm totally okay with that. You know, like, I mean, I'm, I mean, hey, you know, I, I'm a gay dude. But... Really had to, like put a thing in front of it. I so know. I couldn't see it. I'm I like, it was so funny. You're like, wow. yes, yes. It's Zaddy packing the heat right there that. I'm not a size queen, but I mean. It, it no, helps, right? but big dick energy is big dick energy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
So that's the celebrities that yes. we have today. Uh, I did also put together a short reading for you. <gasps> Audible gasp. And for Scott. So I, I think, Scott. you know, just probably for time's sake, maybe we'll kind of ditch Scott because he ditched us today. Um, <laughs> you heard that, Scott? I really was looking forward to meeting him because he seems so, mm-hmm. so sweet and so charming. And he's a yeah. cancer and I, and I like cancers. Cancers are great. Yeah. But my, my king, my friend. So we have your chart obviously here in my phone. So let me drum it up. Right. Let's see it. Let's see it. Oh my God. Should I do a, should I, should I do a quick comparison, a comparison with you and him with, uh, yeah. Richard? with me and Scott. I mean, I know, I know you got a partner, but Richard like, uh, no, Scott with Richard Madden. Oh, with um, Richard Madden. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Please Hold give on. me Richard Madden. Dude, I will divorce my husband tonight if me and Richard <laughs> Madden are compatible. So you, you have a, a high like sexual compatibility with him too, but you just don't have as, as much of a long-term commitment. So <laughs> I mean, story of my life. <laughs> Sorry. But um, all right. So let's go back to your chart here. So right. what I do is, so I actually was able to get your exact time of birth, your place of birth. And that gives us a more specific reading about where all the planets are in your chart. All right. So, let's hear it. Yeah. So interestingly enough, I mean, we know obviously, and we talked about this when we were hanging out, you are a Sagittarius and I, I love Sagittarian energy. I have a lot of Sagittarius in my chart and Sagittarians are people that are feisty, impulsive, spontaneous, you know, very, um, they need to kind of, they need all sorts of stimulation. They love ideas. They love debate. They love danger. They love you know, really carrying conversations and learning about different people and, and situations in the world. Nailed it. And so, Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So that's really strong. You have a moon in Sagittarius too. So that means that you were born on a new moon. And so as a lifelong reading for you, sort of what you do is you have patterns where you sort of like follow one path for a while. And then you suddenly just decide to like go in a different direction. So it could be career, big that projects can you do read you like re- right there you recreate, you recreate yourself a lot and the thing that i love about that and and you the most is that it means that you're unafraid and it means that you're going to be able to experience far more in this lifetime than a lot of other people will because so many people are in for, imprisoned in fear and they have to live in a linear fashion or they they're like oh i can't do that but with you you're like i'm going to try it just because it's cool. I want to, I want to go. And that, like I said, is allowing you to explore more and see more and and is really strong Sagittarius energy. So I love that for you. The read on that, that was like, you nailed that. Well, but that happened out of my Amazon cart. Right. Right. (laughs) Uh, So, so there's that. The other really important factor for you here is that, excuse me. So you are an Aquarius rising. So the way that people first meet you is that people think that you're an Aquarius. So you have a lot of traits of that. So people that are Aquarius rising, they, they're, they're sort of, they have an eccentricity to them. They're highly intellectual and they're sort of just very fascinating individuals. They can kind of, um, either they dress really weird or they present themselves kind of like quirky. Um, but you do it just because it's so, you you crave authenticity and you really want to live and breathe who you are. And that also allows you to attract more connections with people. So as we were talking when you and I were hanging out in WeHo, you last year was one of the most important years of your life because we, and actually you're still in it right now, because Jupiter and Saturn, those two powerful planets 
are in your ascendant. So you're still in one of the most important transitions of your entire lifetime because feel it. you're sort feel of it. like, yeah. yeah, this energy is going to kind of last, I would say, until probably about March, um, okay. probably about March of 2022, where you're just going through all this rebirth. You're, 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 you're launching all these new projects. You're trying new things. You're meeting soulmate connections. You're meeting new people. So all of these important new beginnings are actually going to affect you for the next 30 years. Okay. So I, I really want you to kind of think about everything that you've, you've built, the people that you've met since honestly, the, the beginning of January. So over, over a year now, since January of 2021, because this is defining who you are in this entire new chapter of your life. So I love that for you. Interesting. And that's, that's really, you're in such a magical period. Um, if there is anything more that you like, let's say, you know, make your vision board. I, I want you to sort of do that <laughs> and think about, I know that sounds like trite, but like, however, however that works for you, whether that's like a Pinterest board or a physical one, or just yeah. a notebook or a notepad in your in your phone of just kind of thinking about all the different personal and professional things that you want to try out. Because if you lay the seeds now, you're in that very significant, you're capturing that energy for yourself. So I love that. Um, another fantastic note for you here is that 2022 is going to bring you a lot of money. And that's going <gasps> to really- Bring that money. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of money yeah. for you. And that's really going to trigger out probably, I mean, I would say- you're going to start coming more into it probably like April, May, and that's going to be a significant factor. I mean, over the next, like pretty much from now until about May of 20, well, no, so I'm sorry. So basically like April until probably about May of 2023, mm -hmm. your income is just going to amplify yes. significantly. Yeah. So you're going to be, I need to hear that. I'm applying ways. for, for a mortgage. I need that. Yeah. Assets are coming in. There's definitely a big factor around that. So I'm pretty pumped for that for you. Um, interesting that you bring up a mortgage because another big thing that's a theme for you this year does have to do with real estate or moving <gasps> or renovating or changing your location or redecorating all of those kinds of things. So I think that's going to be a pretty prominent theme for you too. Okay. But so to be honest, what, we're yeah, really yeah. close. We're really close, but I haven't told you we're looking at property down in Miami. Yeah. Like I that's insane. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we literally, yeah. we literally just met with a loan officer at our bank and we're looking at property down in Miami, in Florida. Jupiter, wow. Jupiter shifted yeah. into this area that's highlighting from your solar chart on December 28th, but Damn. it also started to trickle there. Well, that's so funny because that's bit. when we started really talking about moving. Like that's when we started yeah. having legit conversations. I mean, I don't know if it was specifically that date, but like around the last weekend yeah. of December damn yeah, wow. yeah. so You're that's so good cool. oh, thank you <laughs> um but the last thing that i want to leave here for you is that the summer of 2022 is also going to be really magical for you and you're going to enter one of the most creative periods for you that's really going to kind of you're just going to be like exploding with creative ideas so passionate and excited about um everything that you can create everything that you can explore and I mean, even this, I mean, this is a creative outlet for you, but I think that there's even going to be more um, that you explore in, in the realm of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, yeah, so I love that for you a lot. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I really want to... I, I'm paralyzed right now because you just nailed so much. And again, like, I don't want to sound disingenuous for folks listening in at home because obviously we're friends, we're close, we talk. 
I haven't told him any of this. Like I've been playing it so close to the vest about where we want to move, what we're getting pre-qualified for, worrying about income. And by the way, like my yeah. fall, or excuse me, my spring schedules are coming back like for my, for my auctions and like, dude, it's getting packed. So yeah. you just literally like, that's insane. Yeah. You've got so much to look forward to. I, I'm very happy for you. You really, uh, this recreation that you're going through, don't ever be afraid of it and, and be very open to the chances. All right. Let's dive into X-Men number 40 by Fabian Nicieza with art by Adam Kubert and inks by Matt Ryan. So we open the issue with Xavier in a wheelchair talking about how much lighter it feels and is asking Magneto how he's able to design something like this that's lighter and better than something they even saw at the Red Cross. And Magneto's like, uh, I guess I just have a way with metal. <laughs> and then Xavier stands up from the wheelchair and it turns out they're both hospital volunteers it's funny that you actually like start off with the wheelchair thing because it's funny i was sitting next to him when i when i was reading this and i was like wait a second why did he just stand up because like everything before that like uh you just knew that he was like pretty much bound in his wheelchair so like this really takes it way back uh way back to the time when yeah um he wasn't even bound in his wheelchair so yeah, it's pre-fight with Lucifer. And I think if I see this correctly, it took place during, in, in X-Men history, X-Men 161. And, or excuse me, it's before X-Men 161. And it's about the time when he was with Gabby and Magnus in Israel. Yeah, I mean, I I really do love the relationship between Magneto and, and Professor X. I think it's really fascinating, the evolution that they've gone through, you know, and and having this moment flashback and i mean i i love that we that you chose the age of apocalypse because i actually had fully finished reading the entire arc back in uh 2021 and i think my favorite part of it is legion quest i think that this is such a powerful uh way of transforming the the universe of of the x-men and the the marvel continuity but yeah i really i i like that we start with this flashback because it it doesn't even say initially that it is a flashback and it takes you a moment Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out what that is so i like that i'm so glad that you said that because we we know it's taking place in the past because the previous issue they kind of like time jump back there but we don't know where they time jump to but they don't even lay it out for the reader and then we flash forward back when Rogan Archangel. So I was kind of like, my note here was like, why didn't they just say, you know, sometime in the past? I thought that was really right. coy of them. Yeah. Yeah. But I also love the energy that Charles and Eric have in this scene. And <laughs> totally. I'm just going to say it. I mean, like they want to fuck each other. Like well, I, I was, I was reading that actually. I'm sorry. Like, like the way he's now. standing there and like, and Xavier's like, oh, you're a man of mystery. And then getting up from the yeah. wheelchair and saying, oh, you're as intrigued by me as I am by you. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like the, you know, like it, it's just, there's some subtext there. And it's more of like how Andy Kubert's art is executed there. They just look very sly. Like they're like sharing something, you know? Yeah. And I do, I mean, it's, it is interesting. Their relationship, I, I feel like particularly in these flashbacks is very homoerotic. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think we know obviously because they are 
you know, presented as heterosexual men through the vast majority of everything that they uh, are in, in the canon. But yeah, the homoerotic vibes are certainly there for sure. And I just love Eric's outfit there with like the tight denim and like that buckle on his belt and his right, arms yeah. crossed like that. Like who stands like that? And by the way, he's <laughs> able presentational. to- He's <laughs> presentational. I and mean, I... if Richard Madden did that to me, I'd be like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Oh, you there all the time. <laughs> I mean, if Richard Madden did that in front of me, I don't, I, I'd die on the spot. I wouldn't be as cool as you. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe after meeting Richard Madden, you'd probably be in a wheelchair too. <laughs> from your little brother <laughs> I, I thought it was funny so I just but it it's probably not going to be a magneto level wheelchair you're no. probably going to get the red cross <laughs> wheelchair like they're so shady here too they're like uh your face right now shocked <laughs> wow oh my god wow luke believe me when i say you are welcome anytime <laughs> on this podcast wow <laughs> we're just wow. gonna bring you in for like, Sing right now. <laughs> like singers right there his wow. face cracked i love that <laughs> Oh wow. Okay. Now I'm starting to think about it. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Do you need a moment? Do we need a moment here? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Oh. Anyways, uh, okay. Moving on. Woo! Moving on. So speaking of something completely unsexy, Magneto says, I'm gonna go start emptying out bedpans. And I know, I know. I was like, yeah, okay. Oh, why do you say that? And then he he goes to the room of the hospital's newest patient, who is John Doe, who we know is Legion, just with a haircut, and he seems to be exhibiting some form of amnesia here. Yes. And and he says he's tired of wearing the hospital frocks, which is fair because he's been in this hospital frock for like issues at this point and we've been reading we've been doing our read we just started legion quest where this is just chapter two we read like five issues leading up to this legion is literally in this hospital frock for five issues that over the course of five months like boyfriend's done with it (laughs) totally but back in the present rogue and archangel are in the middle of the israeli desert and they're trying to find phoenix bishop storm psylocke and iceman they find Jean, who is barely alive, and after a desperate flight later, they reconvene at the military base where Jean wakes up and tells them that Legion has new abilities and he took the rest of the team somewhere we don't know. I thought it was really interesting, actually. I appreciate that actually, like, they kept a character who, especially, like, new Legion in a way that, like, she had the telepathic abilities, so she kind of knew what was going on and she kind of knew that they were going to be going somewhere in the past. I thought it was very interesting to find out uh, everything that was going on with her. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what actually happens. Cause this is my first time actually reading the age of apocalypse. <gasps> I think. Yes. Oh, we have to have you yeah. back on for sure. Yeah, for, yeah. If, if well, not for your zingers, but because you need to experience <laughs> age of right? apocalypse. Yes. Well, I, I bought him this first one as part of his, as part of his Christmas gift. So I think that you definitely need to, need to do that. And I mean, no, I, really I think that to, like yeah. that evolution would be so interesting for you to follow. But I, I, the thing that I love about the most in this, this particular issue is the art is so good. Oh, I think this is my favorite beautiful. like era of the X-Men art. And 
I, I, to be honest, I haven't read any of the new stuff, but even the stuff that I've seen, it's all beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this is the X-Men that I grew up with. It's, it's the X-Men, the animated series sort of, you know, style and everything that it was based off of. And I mean, Jean is just, she looks so stunning. The way that uh, the women are drawn is just so... So I mean, beautiful. beautiful, so beautiful. They yeah, look great. Definitely. You know, even and I Cyclops love, too. Yeah, I mean, he. I love, I love Archangel's outfit, and I think that's probably one of my <sighs> favorite. I mean, obviously the the iconic, like, you know, what is it like the 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 bringer of death yeah. costume is really the iconic Archangel, too. But yeah. mm -hmm. this is this is such a good look on him, and. Yeah. I, well, I, Angel I Warren is in such a curious spot here because he just started hooking up with Betsy. Yeah. And in just a couple of previous issues, we finally got that Betsy Warren yeah. romance at its genesis. Mm -hmm. So he he doesn't really give about give a fuck about anyone else. He wants to make sure that Betsy's okay because they yeah. finally found each other. And I appreciate that he's motivated. Yeah. By I that. like them together. Mm -hmm. I oh, like them together no. for sure. And, you know, Angel mentions that he can't see anything in this uh, sandstorm, even with his eyesight, because yeah. little known fact, Angel, like a bird, has a much wider field of vision than normal humans or in this case, mutants. Does. Yeah. Oh, so that's part of his mutation yeah. that he can see like past that. Um, yeah. I so Xavier talking about having a strong rapport with Jean and she's wrapped herself in a psychic cocoon. Uh, shout out to X3, because that is literally a line they say in there. When yeah. Xavier finds Famka and he's here like, she wrapped herself in some kind of psychic cocoon. And I remember in the movie, that's when I knew this movie was shit. I was like, fuck this. Like, what? Like, that's just not how it goes. But I guess it kind of works here. I was a little thrown off by the dialogue because he mentioned the word rapport. And historically, it's Scott and Jean who have that strong rapport. I agree. Yes, yes totally. And I thought it was actually a mistake. I thought it was a mistake with the, the lettering. But then as I read it more, I was like, okay, so Xavier's claiming his own rapport there with yeah. Jean. But Cyclops could have just been like, hey, I have a rapport with Jean. I've seen her die. I know what it's like to have that rapport sever, you know? This is, she's fine. We just need to find her. Right. And then when Warren is like, oh, Jean is in shock and, and, and really messed up. I don't know. What did you guys feel about like how she was drawn? Because she looked like she was dead and comatose to me. Okay. If you're yeah. like in the middle of a desert and you're like drowning in sand, <laughs> girl, <laughs> your lungs are going to be filled with sand. Oh yeah. You are not alive. That that was the one thing too that I was just like, okay. I mean, she okay. kind of she wrapped herself in a psionic cocoon. You're so right. I mean, look fair like a psionic cocoon there. That's it. Just wave that's it around. I mean, listen. All right, let's get. They can they, they can be all right with that. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Dude, but. her fingernails so her nail polish like I know. she did not yeah. chip a fucking like her her head strap is all broken. Her 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 costume is like disheveled, but her nails are all fucking. Perfect manicure because like, that's fucking gene. Um, I was thrown off when Cyclops was like, "We have to get through her shell." I'm like, "Do you mean the psychic shell, or do you mean like, yeah. like, yeah. like?" It took me a second there that he meant shield. So I don't know if they're just like this like '90s lingo for like shell, or yeah. if he meant like it's an editorial mistake and it was supposed to be shield. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. You know, um, one one little off note too though is I really just love. This, and this goes across the board for like the vast majority of the Marvel universe and the X-Men in general, but I really love the name Legion. Oh, I, yeah. I think it's a really yeah. just fantastic 
fantastic code name and it's 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 amazing. Mm-hmm. I just think it's such a good a good name. So hang on. I'm I'm checking Webster dictionary, which you are cited in to uh to find out okay. what Legion means specifically, because I'm like totally blanking. It's like I know we are Legion, but okay, so it's a it's a yeah. unit of army, you know, comprising exactly. three thousand yes. to six thousand foot soldiers. Yeah. Um, so with um a large military force. So that's what yeah. I was thrown off about. I didn't know what I knew it was like a congregation of a lot, but I didn't know specifically what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we think of Legion, at least historically, we think of either the military base or the Legion of Hell. Yeah. So it's sort of that, that like, infamous quote, we are legion, we are many. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyways, so the only thing I want to point out in this scene and people who tune into the podcast regularly can see us coming, fuck Hank McCoy in this scene. <laughs> like when he's here, like, and two, I'm still your fearless leader in the field. And don't forget that to Gambit. I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry, you don't talk to Remy LeBeau that way. No. Like, I'm surprised that Rogue didn't just punch Hank McCoy. I fucking hate Hank McCoy and you know everything he brings. Did you not know? Did you not? Wait, 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 wait. Let's let, let, let's not skid past the issue here. It's not that I don't like Hank McCoy. It's that Hank McCoy is a sociopathic, awful individual who has fucked the X Men over. I I, <laughs> I like the old beast. See, here's the thing: is that like I haven't. I mean, in the current continuity, I mean, obviously, I, I've read the full Age of Apocalypse, but. In the X-Men milestones, I am up to uh, the Phalanx Covenant. So I guess when it comes down to like beasts, like fall from grace, I've never read it yet. So I think that it's interesting that that, that the level of hate that you have <laughs> is so palpable and very intriguing. I'm like, I feel that way about some X's, but I don't feel that way about <laughs> You know, like, oh no, man, I'm cool with X's IRL. <laughs> like, eh. I do not forgive it. So. <laughs> like, and eh, you stole my wallet that one time. I mean, eh, it's okay. We, we, we were in our 20s. Um, no, I probably worse. In fairness, just to frame it for you, Luke, I think, I think Hank McCoy during the utopian, much later, like mid 2000s, Beast becomes okay. very deplorable for okay. reasons that is another episode of, okay. of the podcast. But we do have a podcast episode called uh, Why Hank McCoy is the Worst X-Man oh Ever. So guys, check out the archives for that. But yeah, I just I just thought he sounded a little arrogant there. I've always said this. I prefer Dark Beast, but regardless. I mean, Dark uh, Beast, I like Dark Beast, but... Yeah, that's enough. Anyways, yes. Anyways, moving along. Meanwhile, back in the past, it's been two weeks since Storm, Psylocke, Iceman, and Bishop arrived, and they have no memories, much like Legion, and are sort of in turmoil with each other. For whatever reason, I felt like almost confused like they were, because I didn't really know exactly what was going on, what they knew exactly. Um, like That is such an astute way. point. Yeah, so like I, I didn't know... I was learning with them kind of um, as what was going on in their setting. And um, I, I thought it was really interesting uh, how it, it seems with the way that I think it's Scott presents the X. Um, he doesn't really know anything about the X-Men at all. And he doesn't mm-hmm. really know that they were a group. Um, mm-hmm. So I, it makes me wonder how they know each other and how they know that they like, yeah how they know that they're a group still i sort of figured out that like i mean they 
they were all wearing their X-Men uniforms, which is their aerobics outfits. Yeah, right. So I think the thing about it is that they probably all just woke up somewhere wearing those. And and that's kind of what I put to it. Also, the cafe that either I I think it's Magneto mentions or it might be Professor X uh, earlier in the in the uh, episode is really it's right behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't catch that until now. No, I caught that. that. Yeah, I caught that right away. Um, but again, I just going back to the art, I mean, particularly the way that this artist draws storm is so good. I oh, just, she's chewing the scenery and all she's doing is sipping. He just, I, I mean, she is just so potently illustrated. I mean, I don't know. I don't really love like her super crazy long ass hair to the ground. That's a little <laughs> weird, but she's just so stunningly beautiful. Like, I hope we get a good storm oh in the MCU. I think Halle Berry is a tremendously wonderful human being. I never felt like she embodied Storm the best that we could. Kind of how, you know, I feel about Sophie. Um, but I also feel like Alexandra Ship, like nothing against her. I also just didn't think that they gave her the right context. Oh, no, no. Storm, you know? So yeah. I hope this is the storm we get. This is the storm yeah. I grew up with. This is the storm that I'm so captivated by because she's just like, she's elegant and she's just powerful. Yeah. Just like sitting there. Yeah, you know, I agree. Like, yeah. You need someone who can just stand there and like absorb the scenery, like Starfire yeah, yeah, yeah. from Teen Titans or Titans. Like yes, Anna yes, Diop, yes. I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Like she, in my opinion, would be a perfect storm because she just has that presence, regal, yeah. graceful, and just mm-hmm. fucking cool. Like you just yeah, want to see yeah. her conjure the elements. Um, so I didn't notice that about the cafe. I am yeah. I am like over the moon about that. Um so they, in the previous issue, like when they were fighting Legion, Legion sucks them into the past with them and leaves Jean behind because Jean used like her full psionic abilities to ground herself into the present. I'm, I'm with you, Luke, that like, I'm confused by what they remember. So yeah. they don't really remember who they really are except for their names. And they don't understand like Iceman is holding the, like, what does this X mean? You yeah. know what I mean? But they also know they time traveled 20 years in the past. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. it's just such a weird. How do they not know their, or how do they know their names? You know, yeah. like, yeah, like it doesn't and... say Storm uh, or like Iceman on their names. Yeah. Do you think they have IDs like Xavier issues? Yeah, them? you know, I'm like, oh, they're like, okay, you know, like. <laughs> Like FBI, right? Yeah, I don't know. But I love how like Bobby's like being really salty. First of all, I think Bobby was so salty and kind of problematic in the scene. You see, like, look at us. We stick out. We have a black woman with white hair and a, a woman with a British accent in an Asian body. So, did they know about the mind swap there? Because I'm like, I, I get it. It's the early '90s conversations have just not been happening like that and like yeah i guess some someone who's of of asian descent having a british accent would seem exotic to people but that's very commonplace you know what i mean yeah Yeah. i also just don't understand how he would like risk transforming himself in public in public into i have the same note as straight up ice dude you know like i i really do like Iceman, and i think that he probably is like you know, especially in this era when he was sort of figuring himself out. And that's why I'm also excited to kind of see in the current era, like how he's going through that. But that just seems like such an idiotic thing to do because like you're literally transforming yourself into an ice dude. 
in, in public. public. Yeah, it's especially hip- so weird. It's hypocritical too because he's pointing out how Storm is a black woman with white hair. I know, right? And then there's an Asian woman with a British accent, and then he's literally right next to them, turning into a giant body of ice, which is like, like that's weird. Yeah, yeah. like that's a little weird, Bobby. But yeah. two things about that that I really like is during this era he had just gotten possessed by Emma Frost. So the issues yes. leading up to Legion Quest, Emma used his yeah. body in ways that he had never, never knew yeah. that he could use his powers. Oh, wow. So he was even starting to show off different power Form. sets. Like, like his yeah. arm could get really big. He can become more icicle. When he transforms here, he transforms into a snowman, which is reminiscent yeah. Yeah. of his first appearance when before original. he could like, yeah. access those powers so whatever happened with his memories i i i'm gonna give credit to nichieza and Kubert that they were like the art cue here is that he doesn't even have access to that new power set because it was so recent for him yeah. and he mm-hmm. forgot it and i thought that was really cool and the second thing is bobby is really uh grappling with his identity in this era because not only what happened with emma frost he had just gone to go see his parents and rogue yeah. kind of went along with him as his beard like it is so obvious and we have an unaired interview with Scott Lobdell where he's here like, yeah, I wrote Bobby at this time as being a gay man in the closet. Oh, interesting. So Bobby has so much insecurity. And I love that scene with Rogue and, and Bobby. I don't oh. know what's my, what like book I have it in, but I read that yeah. and I totally, I saw the subtext too. <laughs> Dude, I read it like two, three weeks ago and I can't even remember the issue. It's like, it's so much information that comes it's at really you. Good. But, it's but really it's, good issue though. It's actually kind of interesting how you bring up the fact about him like meeting or like going to meet his parents and talk about that and everything. Cause it kind of pays homage. Well, X2. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> that. Yeah, like he's yeah. literally like coming out yeah. to his parents, but like as a mutant. Yeah. I completely forgot about those parallels there. Damn. We got to have you guys on like every week now. (laughs) You're doing my job now. But the only other thing I want to note in this, and this is me just being nitpicky because I love fashion, but like, okay, so the 94 is like the current timeline. They're 20 years in the past. So they're like the early seventies. Betsy is not dressed as someone who is in the seventies. Like, especially if she went back in time in her aerobics gear, like this is, first of all, she's got the Rachel because she just cut her hair. So she has the Rachel cut. And secondly, that red crop top. I mean, that is so Jennifer Aniston season one or two of friends. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Like they are not dressed as people who are in the seventies. Right. Just, I know. Just a little bit. Yeah. But like, I was also like, you have no money. How are you like, <laughs> how do they get yeah. this stuff? I like, I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I did think about those things. I was like, oh, yeah. right, whatever. But no, like, come yeah. down this, Phoebe, ra- that's why you're here. Go down this rabbit hole. Right. Totally. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. Um, back in the mansion uh, for an interlude, which they've been doing this in like the recent issues. They love their interludes, but whatever. Wolverine and Sabretooth fight because it's the 90s and it's tied into Wolverine number 90. The only thing I have to say about this is that it's gorgeous art and I'm glad that Sabretooth is helping clean up the mansion after the Phalanx Covenant, which he played a big role in. So that's why he's still in the mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I've just st- started that arc. So I'm super excited yeah. to check that out. Um, back in Haifa, Magneto is seeing Gabrielle and Xavier walking away from the hospital when John Doe slash Legion reads Magneto's mind and sees his life. And Magneto's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? And he goes running towards Xavier. And Betsy happens to be buying a baguette 
and is sensing Charles, but Charles is distracted because he senses that Eric needs him. Mm-hmm. And Eric tells him that John Doe needs some help ASAP. And they race back to the hospital where Legion is sort of projecting like fiery images of the present out of thin air. I thought it was really interesting, especially because like, uh, at this point is kind of when two stories interject. So like everything going on with the primary X-Men, like Psylocke and everything, she's there, she shows up and she just kind of walks past them, not knowing who they are, what she's doing. And then she kind of picks up on everything. And um, I think that really leads up to everything that's gonna happen happen into the future of the Age of Apocalypse. Um, another thing too, when it comes to Uh, the bursting into flames when it comes to all the characters is it makes me really wonder whether or not legion knows what's happening like is this the legion right there is like does he know is he the past legion or is he the current legion in the past legion's body remembering everything that happened or well legion wasn't born at that point in time right he he's charles's son yes but i see what you're saying totally yeah they they transported body and soul into the past but yeah i know what you're saying which is does he know what's going on i took it as he's subconsciously accessing that i feel like they do explain it in like the coming issues legion quest is only four and this is chapter two so i think in the next issue we'll probably get something but um i don't remember i read legion quest many times but I, i i always forget it i I, I'm curious about lead what what happened reading this right now. I'm curious about what happened. Like, did he purposely erase people's memory? Is this a byproduct of time travel? I don't know. But one thing I wanted to note though was in the hospital scene with Magneto when he reads Magneto's mind for the first time. Yeah. Um, that silhouette shadow of Magneto, that's a little on the point there. And like I I, I appreciate that Nichieza is really trying to drive the point home that these characters will become something oh. in the future. But like the Magneto shadow, like there's no, you can't be like, oh, is that a Magneto shadow? Like oh. that's a fucking Magneto shadow. I didn't shadow. even see I didn't that. Either. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Like it's, it's all like, it, you can see his helmet there. Like, and his yeah. like angry eyes. But you, yeah. you couple this with the Xavier in the chair earlier in this issue. Like they're really into like the foreshadowing here. Commenting on the art because- this is just like such a masterpiece to view. And mm-hmm. I think that I love, I love Betsy's like butterfly effect. Oh, yes. I, love um, it too. I think that's really great. And again, I like love the way that Jean is drawn in the flames. Um, but one thing I just noticed as we were talking about this is it does, it's, it's sort of a break in continuity because if you think back to Legion quest, the first issue, when he took storm, back in time they had their memory yeah so i don't understand why they don't oh fair dude and we talked about this in the last episode what he did to storm in that that was savage you're like you have two seconds to like but you're right you you literally why though you know it doesn't make sense maybe but like they had their memories distance in time because it's so far away yeah well no maybe because there were so many of them well the thing about it though is that i mean we know that well i get yeah Charles Xavier is older than Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. It's probably, it could be that. Or maybe he was just, maybe they didn't, uh, when it comes to Storm, didn't really go into the past. He just kind of went into her mind. Maybe. No, he said, he will. He actually did go in the past. Yeah, because right. they were, okay. he basically, at least from the artist or the writer's point of view, is that they wanted to basically do, 
and set like, up yes. the fact that you yeah. could do this now. Okay, but the one thing I really do want to talk about, and this goes back to the fact that I think that Xavier and Eric are 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 fucking, is look how happy Xavier is when Eric is running at him. Can you see that? Look at that one <laughs> panel. He has the biggest grin on right. his face right there. Oh. And it's and Gabby's like, fuck my drag, right? Like it is. Yeah. Their, their chemistry is just so like intense. And I really like this because I think it's really smart that they're humanizing the Xavier Magneto relationship. Not that it hasn't been in like the comics, but there is genuine love here, you know, and, and we can talk about the homoerotic like subtext, of course, that's, that's me having just fun with it. But like, regardless of whatever the relationship is, like you cannot deny that there is love there. Absolutely. And to be honest, when it comes to going to live action, I think Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen were probably the best representation of Professor X and Magneto and their dynamic a, together. Yeah, I just oh, thought yeah. it was amazing. Oh they my god! Good chemistry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I really. They're so cute. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then back in the present, Domino and Cable arrive because Xavier needs Cable's ability to travel through time. And just when you think things can't get any worse, Lalandra arrives with a Legion of watchers saying their past is in danger and it threatens all of reality. I I loved it because right before this, we were actually watching What If? And mm-hmm. that is my introduction to knowing what the Watcher is. So oh. prior to that, I did not know what the Watchers were. You didn't know what the Watchers were? No, I didn't. Wow. So oh. I really appreciate the understanding behind that. And now I'm like, ooh, shit, like, that's about to get real. Like, yeah, it, it, it just goes to show the severity of what's going on with Legion yeah. and what he's doing. Yeah. And it's, you know, one thing I'm going to applaud Legion Quest for doing is that there is a sense of urgency because the previous episode, totally. previous issue, uh, Jafar, Jaffer, forgetting his name, the guardian of the Mkron crystal yeah. is like all of yes. reality is fucked right now. Yeah. And you know, now we have the watchers in. So on a celestial cosmic level, reality is about to like die. And like, I appreciate that. Like, you can't read this and say like, oh shit, nothing's happening. Like things are happening here. I thought Lalandra was a little melodramatic and thirsty when she arrived and she was like, Xavier, my soulmate, Mm -hmm. everything like that. I was like, girl, like take a breather here. She's like the woman who still loves you, my soulmate, the whispering words of the watchers. I was like, girl, like the theatricalities. And she's self-aware of it too. But I was like, you're magistrix. Like, come on. Yeah. I really do like Alondra though. I mean, <laughs> that, like, I I appreciate like I appreciate her drama, actually. Yeah, you know, I appreciate I that, that high drama. You need She's totally like that. an Aries. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think that like it's it is interesting to kind of see like how this sudden intensity and the urgency is certainly speeding up. And that's what I really like about Legion Quest. And I don't want to spoil what happens, especially for you. Mm-hmm. But that moment right at the end of Legion Fest or Legion Quest Four. Yeah. When Age of Apocalypse is just about to begin. I like it's cried. Intense. I was yeah. like and I don't want to give it away, but I was like really impacted by that. And, and that's what I really love about like really good Marvel writing. And when it sort of is woven together where it is really action oriented, but then we have uh, a gravity to the things that are really happening. So I agree. It's, it's, it's gravity 
And yeah. another thing, and we keep commenting about the art and its style. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. executed. So it like Domino with her beret looks absolutely. I know. I love that. I love yeah. that. I wish I was part of her costume today. Like, look at her there. She looks yeah, amazing. Great, yeah. But um, yeah, seeing Cable trying to explain uh, having an evil time traveling clone to this oh, random yeah. dude <laughs> was hysterical. But you know, I, I'm glad that they brought in Cable because that makes sense to me. They're like, okay, if Legion went into the past, of course they're going to call in Cable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have the family dynamic with him and Scott, which at this time they just found out that they were related, father and son. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that ending with the army of Legion, or excuse me, the army of Watchers, like shit's about to hit the fan. And look, mm-hmm, when yeah. you get to those next issues, oh my God. Like, I don't even want to talk about it. Like, it's just the built up, it pays off. It I'm pays excited. off. I mean, like a night like... with Richard Madden, it pays off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it always pays off. That's going to be a running joke here. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's, it's... <laughs> yeah. I was going to leave that right there, but yeah. No, he... <laughs> yeah. <I'm sorry. laughs> oh. Uh, so, guys, what did you think of the issue? What are your overall thoughts? I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's a great cliffhanger for me, especially like um, I read up until this point. So I'm very excited to see what happens next. Um, the setup is amazing. It's setting up really well. So um, I'm enjoying it. I really liked it. Yeah, I definitely liked it. I definitely feel like the speed worked well for yeah. me. I did like that we had some time shifts and they were really executing that. And as a reader, having an opportunity to somewhat figure it out as it was going on Mm -hmm. um, without having it like force fed to us. And, you know, it it kind of kept us wondering where it was going. So, yeah. I agree. They they don't spoon feed the reader. And I always credit the X-Men for my ability to like, I studied a bit of narratology in college Mm -hmm. and I was able to dissect narratives. And it's not because I was particularly prodigious when examining. It's just because Mm -hmm. when you read comic books growing up and you're like eight years old and you go to the comic book store and you just pick up Legion Quest issue two, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? You have to sort of piece that together for yourself. So I credit the X-Men specifically an issue like this for giving me high concepts, high literary concepts, like time travel, like jumping between scenes, not really knowing what's going on and sort of having to read context clues to get it. But yeah, man. Well, I'm glad we had you guys on today. Where can folks connect with you all on the internet? I mean, listen, if anyone's engaging with this podcast, listening, they know about you guys already. I I definitely got all the heart flames emojis (laughs) for you, Luke, and everyone loves Kyle. So but yes. for folks at home who may be unaware. Um, well, for me, uh, the place I frequent the most is my Instagram. Uh, this is where I'll be posting a lot of probably Marvel memes and stuff like that. But I'm also uh, planning on doing a couple of photo shoots and stuff when it comes to doing cosplays and stuff. So we'll see if there's going to be a little Scarlet Witch action coming up. <laughs> um, but my Instagram is uh, LukeUle1. It's Luke, L-U-K-E, and then U-L-E-E-1. Um, and that's pretty much where I'll be. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Kyle Thomas. You can find me on Instagram as Mr. Kyle Thomas. And my website is kylethomasastrology.com. If you want free readings, check it out. I have tons of horoscopes for the entire year already posted. And we look forward to connecting with you again. And thank you for, so much for having yes. us oh, and, and giving him an opportunity to dive into this new realm. I think that you guys will be able to make some magic together. 
So no, I mean, thank you to you guys. I have been dying to have you on Kyle and having you Luke. It's just like icing on a very delicious cake already. So (laughs) thank you guys so much. Folks, you guys know I'm at Power of X-Men on Instagram. I've been dabbling with Twitter specifically today. I posted something about Sophie Turner and that took off. (laughs) I'm getting lots of DMs about Sophie Turner. Um, We have some exciting uh, guests coming up. We have Leah Williams returning and we're going to talk about Age of Apocalypse Chosen. We have Lee Waltz coming back to talk about One Man's Worth. So check those out in the coming weeks. And we have a couple of few surprises that are coming, but... Until those are locked in and uploaded, you know I'm not going to talk about them. But we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. Well, thanks, Sugar. The Age of Apocalypse is now over. And we'll see you next time.